Hey everybody, welcome back to the Chase Doesn't Know podcast. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of the podcast. And if this is not the only episode that you've downloaded, thank you very much for downloading multiple episodes. And as always, against my wife's wishes, my promise still stands that if you listen to every episode of the podcast, please message me on Instagram and I will personally pay for your meal at Raising Cane's. My guest for this episode is the restaurant partner at the Raising Cane's of Central, my official sponsor for this podcast. And he is my brother-in-law, Alan Phillips Jr. As I mentioned, runs a Cane's, but he's also a husband to my sister and father of three, my awesome nephews and niece, and an avid reader, fan of the NBA, fan of LeBron James. Uh, forgive him for this, but he's a Alabama football fan and very experienced in a few other things that you will hear about in this episode. I really enjoyed our conversation and regret that I took over half of his Saturday to get this done. Again, thank you, Alan, for your time and apologize for the delays. I forgot my keys. Anyway, thank you for downloading this episode. I really hope you enjoy hearing a lot about Raising Cane's, not just about the food, but how it's run and how they develop people and how Alan does all of that at his location and how he moved up the ranks and is now set for a very good career with a very good company. Thanks again, Alan, for your time. Thank you for downloading this episode. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Alan Phillips. Because of that, then it, like so, it was very hard to understand some of the dialogue and stuff. So I don't know if it was like the, like the mix was a little off or something. See that but, if you're at home, just turn on subtitles because I watch right, everything with subtitles, like everything. It definitely would have helped with subtitles. I watch like sporting events with subtitles. It's kind of what? Yeah, I know. I don't. I just like because I, I'd, I'd rather like just have the sound down. I guess a little bit, but I've I've like, like been against uh, subtitles. First, just because like I want the pure like experience. Yeah, yeah. But we watched a, uh, a show on Netflix recently called Broadchurch, uh-huh. and it's British. That's and, what I was gonna say. Like all the foreign, right? Like, so yeah, some of those like could not understand, especially the Scottish guy. Yeah. And so we watched the whole series with subtitles on. But what I realized was, like, watching it. Yeah, I'm reading some, which isn't the perfect situation. But then after like the episode's over or something, thinking back on the show, like mm-hmm. thinking back on the episodes, I'm not remembering that subtitles were on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for I sure. don't remember like, that. You actually catch more than you think. Yeah. I think, it's like a the... it's like a mini distraction while I'm watching, which is why I didn't I I was always against subtitles. But yeah. then afterwards it's not, it, it, you don't remember. I again. feel like I don't actually read the subtitles. I just like, I'll catch them. They're like a support system. Like if I didn't understand something, I'll look down real yeah. quick and catch it. Like, I wish I could do that, but I'm all, I'm reading you'll just all read it. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is why it's distracting, but it worked for that show. So and maybe there's levels, so. dude. Maybe you just get really good at it. <laughs> maybe so you have years of experience on me. Yeah, no doubt. We also just started, uh, so we, we watch like too much TV, like everybody, I think. Oh, dude. But so we go. Not that Faith doesn't watch too much well, TV. She's like a G. We can't be all yeah. like Faith, I guess. Um, so we, we watch through shows. Yeah. Pretty much. And we just watched through Broadchurch. And then I finally convinced Tori to go back and watch through Arrested Development. Oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And so we're on that. Uh, I have I finally have a crew member at the restaurant who's watched it. And like, it's. Like the jokes that run through that show that like just permeate the show. It's like the, something that happened in like the second episode. 
that'll happen in like the third season because there is no fourth and fifth season. Right, of course. Uh, to but the purists. So, like, like George Michael, like ducking whenever, <laughs> yeah. whenever his dad throws something at him. Like, it's just so funny. There was a, so what was the thing? I don't know. There's like, a, this one too, like Tori was kind of remembering it as not like a, uh, crying, laughing show, oh, but gosh. like it had funny jokes in it. But once we like the office, like yeah, she was yeah. like, Oh, I cry, laugh, everything. Yes. But which you do, but the rest of development, you it's like it sneaks up on you because you'll watch like the first 11 or 12 minutes of an episode and yeah. you giggle yeah but then i think like the last episode we watched it's like but then like once you're 15 minutes in all of a sudden something happens oh it's, and it's just like crying laughing <laughs> i can't like one of the funniest things from that show is like the very first episode or maybe it's the second episode whenever uh what's the youngest i haven't watched in a while the youngest son is buster yeah. is that his name he uh he goes off like he like the two older brothers are talking about the uh, Lucille like the mom or whatever uh-huh. and they're like frustrated with her or something and Buster's like trying to be cool with them oh, and like yeah. agreeing he like goes off on the mom and it just bleeps out for like yeah. a minute straight and yes. their faces are so good that was like and he says he says like because uh, that we just watched that one a few episodes ago it was like she, it, he says it's like she gets off on being withholding and then Michael <laughs> Michael is like oh look at Buster yes and then he's like kind of laughing and yeah, like, yeah. Going, and then he just goes off and like right. 10 seconds is bleeped out yeah yeah it's so good the loose seal jokes in that one like whenever it's like I don't want to give too much away. People, you need it's to a watch super this. Old show. Yeah, it's a super old show. But like whenever his hand gets bit off or whatever <laughs> yeah. by the loose seal, yeah. uh, it's just so good. The That's, the jokes in that show are like levels deep. Very but, funny. Yeah. Um, I'm also trying to convince. Have you ever seen uh, the movie Saw? So funny story. I am not like in a horror movie person. I actually just started trying to watch the, uh, oh, what's the new show on HBO? Uh, Lovecraft. I don't know. Uh, the first two episodes were so good and I was getting into it. And then like it turned into a horror TV <laughs> show. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I, I just, I don't know what it is. Like I think some people probably don't get scared by that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and but other people like to get scared by horror like they enjoy that like i just don't like yeah i like i'm like why would i want to sit there and just be jumpy really, for two hours straight I don't so really i had to either. put that show down unfortunately because it was really like seemed like it was gonna be kind of cool it's like lovecraft it's like, I, I don't think I i've even seen preview for it yeah i had to like search for it on hbo is one of their new shows so it's kind of weird interesting um but speaking of TV shows, I actually got you uh, something. That- uh, okay, is this for me? Uh, yeah, so this will be for eventually your studio where you have uh, okay. podcast guests. All I'm right. move the microphone. You can hang it up. Alan, bro- Alan showed up with like a huge yeah. gift wrapped. Yeah, this will be uh, your first. Uh, okay. You know, you'll fill up the desk with knickknacks and you can have stuff. I thought this was uh, something that you would find funny. Let's see what this is. <laughs> That is awesome. <laughs> it's a huge movie poster. <laughs> the first thing that I saw when I ripped the paperback is the face of Michael Scott. <laughs> That's legit. <laughs> or Michael Scarn. Michael Scarn, yeah. yeah, true. It's a threat level midnight movie poster. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, and oh, I listened right before Clean I up saw it. Aisle five. Yeah, right before I saw it, I, uh, I listened to your podcast with. Carl and he oh, was yeah. saying that he'd never seen uh, 
the office or maybe he was starting to watch the office they, they're like yeah they're in it right now yeah and i was just like oh my god how how have you not seen it and then i saw that and i was like i gotta get this for chase like that's pretty this, amazing the office is great so but um and jim with the gold face yeah but uh that's yeah legit. tv shows Thank dude you. that oh yeah you're good man that's uh that'll be your first little knickknack for sure you know? put that on the wall mm. you can put it in the office or in the attic until now but we or until actually, you get your studio, but we actually just went and watched, or they have on YouTube they have the full Threat Level Midnight movie, and nice. so we watched it. But it's actually I think they put the entire movie in that episode because I don't remember. Yeah, I didn't well, see any scenes that were new to me, right? But it was they just all together. Have, yeah, they must have, maybe YouTube. They just put it on YouTube. Yeah, it's like, but it was it's hilarious. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> that show, like, because I rewatched it for probably like the third time really recently. Actually, that was one of the few things that like Faith would watch with me. Mm. And like, I literally have to like. It's so funny for somebody like Faith who doesn't watch a lot of stuff for her to like. I have to protect myself <laughs> from her like swinging her arms like laughing really? hard. You know, <laughs> I'm just like this is what uh, this is how good The Office is for somebody it's that hardly legit. ever watches TV shows. And she it's legit. Yeah, I feel but, like we've. I think I like talked about it with Carl and with Jonathan in the last one. Yeah, I think. yeah. And then I'm trying to get. Um, do you know Rhett Sandusky and Brandy Sandusky? Maybe I write on your. I'm trying to get them to come on, and they're apparently big Office fans too. I mean, there's a lot of Office. Okay, fans, I'm trying so to I'm think sure if I don't know why I recognize that name. Anyways. Yeah, he's a he's a realtor, so you might have seen. Oh, okay, his, might have seen yeah, that that's gotta Instagram be, stuff. Got to be whatever it is. Um, anyway, so I did have that. I want to talk about TV shows and stuff, mm -hmm. and podcasts, and yes. maybe music and all that because mm -hmm. you do a lot of that stuff. A lot of it. Um. So, but let's I want to get I want to like spend a lot of time on what you're famous for oh it, which is raising Scream, canes. screaming in a rock band a Christian well, rock yeah, band that, that too that too from the good old days <laughs> yeah <laughs> Tori was like you should talk to him about no shoes and I was like oh no I don't but I don't think but so. that's but this is Chase doesn't know so you have to talk about stuff <laughs> stuff that I don't know yeah exactly. you so were part of that that's so. a good out for, for yeah us to not talk for about sure <laughs> and anything's a good out to not talk about that <laughs> <laughs> I still have two full boxes of CDs. I ended up getting rid of them and <laughs> so I gave them to a bunch of my crew members and managers as really? a joke <laughs> and now like it was a joke for me like I thought it would be funny and now they just make fun of me and of I'm course. like I, I was thinking that this joke was going to go like a different way like we were going to make fun of me together, but they thought of things that like I wasn't thinking was coming. So I was just like, that's uh, funny. Well, but they, but they listened to it. So yeah. jokes on them. Well, mostly my hair though. The fact that uh, I actually had okay. hair back then and now right. it's like, you know, just super short. Yeah. It's well, it's going back to it's all right. <laughs> yeah. It's going back and, and not there. So they, uh, they find, find ways, but <laughs> anyway, yeah, I know chicken fingers. That's what I guess. Yeah. So you are, so what's the actual title of what you are at Raising Cane's? So it's changed <laughs> recently. So now we are, uh, I used to be a, what, what they would call like a managing partner okay. and the, everything's still the same. They just changed it to restaurant partner. Okay. So, uh, and now that changed maybe three months ago or so, but, um, and is that, that is the highest level that you can go at a restaurant? At a restaurant, yeah. Like after that would be like an area director, um, or I'm sorry, what do they call them now? Area leaders. Okay, area leaders. Yeah, they, a lot of the, the terminology just changed. And um, I guess that kind of stuff happens like in a company or whatever. But mm -hmm. um, And then after that would be like a regional job. vice president. Like, yeah. yeah, you could just kind of go up the, the line. But, you, but so this is like the, the best way I understand it is you, for Canes, you can't 
come in with a bunch of money and buy a restaurant and operate under the name. Correct. But you are at the high, like if you could do that, that's basically what you are, but you just, yeah. So you can't actually, yeah. So at some, some companies they'll do what's called like a franchise partner. Uh, and Kane's used to do that uh, for a little bit. And it's a little different from what most people would think of. A, like, it wasn't somebody could just come in with a bunch of money, like you're saying. Like, that that wasn't how it... Like, these people were really actually partners. Like, Kane's has always looked at it um, as, like, these people are part of our business. You know, like, we're going to help them on a continue, con- uh, constant basis. And so, yeah, you can't, can't necessarily do that. You kind of have to... Um, work your way up to Mm -hmm. this like restaurant. Let me get it right. Restaurant partner, (laughs) uh, spot. Um, there's like a class you have to go through and some requirements you have to hit, et cetera, to get to that. But at the restaurant partner level, I mean, Canes really views you as a partner in their, in their company. Um, and it's cool. Uh, so, I don't know. Do you want me to like run down? Like- yeah, I was going to say, let's do like, I kind of wanted to get the entire backstory. So like from yeah. the day you and started I can do it quick, at Kane, but- like your first day on the job at Kane's, like, yeah. and then and in excruciating detail. Yeah. So tell me about, I want to do the backstory and then probably I want to ask you a whole bunch of questions about like just running it. Day to day or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it actually starts before Kane's probably. So I worked at, uh, I waited tables and bartended and worked in the kitchen at Chili's, Chili's um, and Zachary, baby back ribs. Before uh, baby back, baby back. They're not a sponsor, right? Chili's. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before they started sucking. Um, <laughs> man, that was a fun place to work. Like just waiting tables and stuff. But it got to the point where it was like, man, it would be stressful. Like just waiting tables and bartending was like a stressful job, just because the company, like you could just tell there was people just not making good decisions. And I don't know what those decisions were. You know, I'm yeah. like a cog in the machine or whatever. But um, so it started there, um, guy named Sean Ventura, which, you know, Sean, yep. um, you've met him a few times. Um, he was crushed the, him in fantasy football. A yes. Couple of years. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's not hard to do. Um, <laughs> no, but he was the area director of the Chili's in Baton Rouge. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. So he was the area director, um, and he ended up leaving Chili's to go to Cane's. Okay. And, um, he didn't like take people with them necessarily, but there was a lot of people that was like, you know, kind of feeling them out like, Hey, how? and I was, like I said, I was a bartender and, uh, waited tables. Like I wasn't like in good with Sean Ventura. Like he's the area <laughs> director, you know, like he didn't even know my name or whatever, but there's a lot of managers and, and things that went kind of started going over to Canes cause they were like, man, Sean's talking, talking this up real good, you know? And, um, Canes brought Sean over. He stepped down from an area director position into like a general manager position. But Canes brought Sean over to be like the prototype for this managing partner, which is now a restaurant partner oh, wow. position. So Sean was literally one of the very first managing partners for Canes. And they brought him on and was like, hey, show us how to do this. Like, we want this to be something that no other restaurant chain, like, we want it to be, you know, leading in in restaurants so what, were the, what was the management or ownership structure before he did the MP? gm would be so gm would kind of be like your highest but then they had this thing i 
forget, and I don't like, I'm not speaking for Canes necessarily here. This is just to my knowledge. I was a shift manager at the time, but there was something called pillar restaurants, which you could work your way into that. And that was something that like, I think Canes kind of found out pretty quick. Like, (laughs) I don't know if this is going to be super profitable for us, but it was good. It was good for the company, but it wasn't necessarily profitable because these people, like there was a couple I know opened in like Oklahoma and they would like own the restaurant at one oh, point wow. they would still be like fall underneath like the the covering of canes or whatever but like they would own and they these people could like sell the restaurant back to canes basically for like i don't want to put a number on it but like from wow. what i heard like millions of dollars wow. right okay and so i think canes pretty quick was like that was an awesome idea but we need to cater you know like we need to kind of like craft it to be a more st- sustainable thing because what happens whenever that person you know, they sell the company like, all right, well, we're just starting back from scratch. And, but it was a good thing because it brought on like a lot of really good talent from like other, you know, concepts like Sean and those kind of things. So maybe that's what they were planning. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe it worked out just like they wanted it to or whatever. Um, so anyways, Sean came over from Chili's and he kind of, uh, was like the prototype managing partner. Well, he brought a couple people over. One of them I knew, um, and they were like, uh, oh, you know, it was uh, Micah Navarro yep. worked at uh, Chili's, too. And he went over to be a shift manager for Sean. And uh, Micah was like, oh, that's a really cool job. Um, it's fun. You know, I was making like probably $18, $20 an hour bartending, which, like I said, it was a stressful job. But, like, I mean, that's pretty good money while you're in college or whatever. Right. And Micah was like, dude, I'm telling you, coming over to Canes, making $10 an hour flat is worth it. Really? Like it's worth it to make less money. And so I started looking at things and it was more than just like the $10 an hour. It was like, we got like as a shift manager position, we got paid time off. We got paid holidays. We got, um, uh, uh, tuition reimbursement, which is insane. Dang. Like, it w- which was really cool. That was one of the big sticking points for me. Like I wasn't going to have to on top of my tops that I had, which, right. It started as the highest level of tops and quickly dropped to the lowest level of tops <laughs> after like two semesters. So you, all right. So pause for a second. You yeah. graduated high school in 05 because uh-huh. you're two years older than me and you were working at Chili's when you graduated high school. No, I got my job at Chili's my freshman year. Okay. In so college. right. Okay. And then did you graduate in four years from LSU? <laughs> five years? Five and a half. Five, okay. Fine. So, so, so where did you switch to Canes? At? Uh, let's see. <clears throat> So I worked at Chili's for two, for three years. Okay. So three years. Uh, I worked at Chili's for three years and then. So like 09. Switched to, yeah, right up in there. 08, like 09. 08, 09, yeah. Okay, got it. It must have been, yeah, 08, 09, something like that. It didn't, it didn't And you came on, at, uh, you came on to Canes as shift, shift manager, manager, which is, explain just quickly, you got crew members, which are the. Yeah, so you have, you have crew members and then you would have like a cross-trained crew member, which can work up front, drive through and kitchen. Okay. And then you would have like what we call a bird specialist, you know, Dropping that birds. person kind of runs the kitchen, you know, okay. kind of thing. Um, and then you would have a shift manager okay, and then an operations manager and then a GM, and then you can work your way from a GM to the restaurant partner. Okay. So you're the restaurant partner and you have one GM. I have an OM. Okay. So no GM. You have, you are the GM. Also. I would be, yeah. I'm like, and I generally manage things. One yeah. operations manager. Yeah. How many shift managers? I have three, but man, there's these restaurants in California. Like they're so busy, dude. They have, they have a GM. I'm sorry. Restaurant leader. 
Restaurant leader. Yeah, restaurant leader. Not GM? Not so GM. So restaurant leader. partner, restaurant leader. Okay. And then OM. Yeah. So uh, restaurant leader, I'm, yeah, somebody from Kane's is going to listen to this and just be like, Alan, he's just screwing <laughs> everything up. Um, so, yeah, so they have like, they have their restaurant leader, uh, like two OMs and like eight shift managers. Wow, okay. And they'll have like 100 crew members or 110 crew members. And how many right? crew members is that your, are at your restaurant? About 50. Oh, wow. That's yeah, a lot. Yeah. So, but I mean, you got to think they're doing, they're working more anymore. than, they're doing probably 250% of our sales out there. Okay. Like, I mean, just, incredible like just crazy well 50 is a lot though too like yeah 50 I, I is a lot of you'd have that well many. and that's we we have that many right now because of the way everything is with covid like we just have to we're having to kind of be nimble like mix things up that's a funny uh so the word that, so the word nimble is a funny word <laughs> at canes in our area every uh-huh. time our area uh, area leader says it. Um, he says we have to take a shot because he says nimble so many times. He's <laughs> like, take a shot. <laughs> it's just like his stick word. Anyways. Is, so, so is 50 higher or lower than normal? 50 is higher than normal. Okay. I would say right. probably 42 to 44 would be like a really sweet spot. Like okay. once all this is over. Um, but I mean, shoot, I could probably have two or three more crew members right now just because really? of how we're splitting everything up okay. um, with the crew to keep them safe. So I want to get, I want to get like those details, but, uh, th- so now that I have an idea of how many, like what the structure is. So you come in as a shift manager to mm-hmm. the, it, the, is it the Zachary one with Sean? Yeah. At the Zachary one with okay. Sean, he interviewed me and I was like, uh, he was like, so what do you think would make you a good manager? And I was, I remember Shout out to uh, Miss Vicky and Miss Didi. I remember being like, well, I was a camp counselor at kids camp. And I really thought I was like, man, I, I could like really like kind of control those kids. You know, um, I did that for five or six summers, you know, and he was like, OK, um, what else? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that maybe that isn't a good um, a good thing there. Is it a good, um, So if somebody said that to you now, it wouldn't be a good well maybe for me specifically like i i could see the benefit in that but i don't think i think sean Sean was kind of just like well tell me about chilies what'd you do at chilies you know (laughs) um but you know uh so he he decided to bring me on back then well still now if we hire an external shift manager the area leader has to interview them also okay so the funny story this is actually probably the worst thing that could happen like at an interview right (sighs) So I go to Canes One, which is on campus, LSU's campus. You've been there. Of course. Um, And I I sit down with the area leader, uh, Clint Penfield, one of my favorite people at Canes. He... um, and and the area leader from New Orleans is also sitting down with them. Um, I don't remember her name. I don't think she's I, I don't think she's still at the company. But either way, she's sitting there, and I sit down. And I go to shake both of their hands. And when I go to shake her hand, I spilled her drink all over her. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, just like, oh my God. and she played it was off. Was it the like delicious was, sweet tea or? <laughs> I, I don't remember what it was. It was probably worse. It Hot was, coffee? Yeah. No, it wasn't. No, it was, a, it was like an ice drink. Okay. Spilt it all over her. Wow. And I was like, immediately in my mind, I was like, all right. I, this can either be a really good thing or a really bad thing. Like they're going to remember me and think, Oh yeah. But you know, knowing what I know now, like Sean Ventura basically runs like whatever he wants. Like Kane's just like, yes, sir. You Got know, it. like Sean's just, <laughs> just the man or whatever. And like Sean wanted to hire me. So like, it really didn't matter what I did in that interview, but I was just like, Holy, Holy crap. Like this could be really bad. That is funny. Yeah. So if, if y'all that. have bad first interview experiences, um, it almost can't get worse than that. That's she played bad. it off really well. And Clint, still remembers that to this day of course i think so he's he's reminded me of it a few times so i get on as a shift manager though um 
And man, I, you know, this is a theme in my life of, um, like I can really see, um, and not to, you know, I know like you're a Christian, I'm a Christian. We, we can talk about God. Um, but you know, I've always prayed in, in my, you know, quiet time or whatever you want to say that God would make my path straight. Like that's always been like my, like from when I was young, like I've always just kind of prayed like God make my path straight. And it's, it means something different to me maybe now than it even used to when I started praying that. But, um, and God's always made my path straight. And kind of the idea behind that is I want to just walk straight towards you. Right. And if I'm walking straight towards you and my path is straight, I'm going to stay on the path that you have for me. Right. Mm. And so with Cain's in particular, but also, I mean, with, you know, my wife, with, you know, my kids, everything, God's always just laid out like the, the straight path for me, I feel like. And, and I don't want to say that I'm like, uh, like a specter in my own life. Like I'm outside, like looking down at my own life or whatever, but I've always just like kind of kept my head down and things have, I don't like worked out is maybe the wrong word, but like, I've always, it's always been the right thing for me in front of me. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's been a few times when maybe faith or one of my parents, when I'm younger has like kind of been like, Hey, Alan, you know, move a little bit this way. Like you're kind of, maybe the path is straight, but you're not walking straight kind of thing. And, um, so anyways, with Kane specifically, since that's what we're talking about, my path has always been very straight. Like I worked hard and things just worked out like super well for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, every promotion and everything is what I'm kind of talking about. So I, I go in, I'm a shift manager and I work, you know, work really hard. My dad always said like, whether, and maybe we could use a different, maybe I should say whether you're a fast food worker, <laughs> but my dad always used to say, whether you're a garbage man or the president of the United States, you should work just as hard at mm -hmm. any job that you do. And uh, now that I know more like garbage men work really hard. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe uh, that wasn't always the best. And the president just tweets all day. Yeah. And the president <laughs> just tweets all day. Right. Oh Lord. Um, but anyway, so I always kept my head down, worked hard. And like, man, for a year and a half, I was a shift manager, worked hard. And it just worked out to where the OM, the next position up, the OM position just happened to be there. And I was just happened to be the next in line. Like somebody that probably would have got it before me quit for another job, like right before mm -hmm. the OM position opened up. Um, there was nobody else in the area that fit. You know, Sean liked me, I think, um, you know, and like, so a year and a half, which is really quick at Canes, like, and I really don't think it was through any of my doing, like, I just worked hard every day. Right. And it just like happened to work out. Mm -hmm. Some people wait three years to get promoted to, to OM, you know, you got to really? really put in the time, but, and the same thing with GM, like it just worked out, um, worked hard under Sean, Sean ended up getting a second restaurant. So being an OM, I was kind of running his restaurant with him kind of checking in, you know, mm -hmm. so I got good opportunity there. Well, just so happened right around the time when, you know, I, me and Sean both thought I was getting ready. Well, position opened up and that position literally was me and Faith had just got married or we were about to get married. I'm sorry. And we bought a house in Watson and sure enough, the GM spot in the Canes and Watson opened up. And so nice. I'm literally three minutes away from it. Right. Yeah. I'm just like, wow, this is, so this, this is, is like, this is like what? 2011. Yeah. Let's see. We got married in 11 and I got promoted in 12. So it was go. like right after we got married. Um, so like three, three years in ish, three, three and a half years in. Yep. 
got to open up GM spot. Right. So about a year and a half at each position, got a GM spot. Cool. Um, literally three months later, they started promoting people to those double drive through locations as an OM, mm-hmm. but like I just snuck in as a GM for whatever <laughs> reason. So like it, it just, like I said, I worked hard and it just worked out for me and I didn't have to go to Gonzalez to do it. You yeah, know, I didn't yeah, have yeah, to, yeah. like, it was just right where we were. Well, I put in my time, you know, obviously to be a MP at the company or a restaurant partner now, RP. You have to be a GM for two years okay. at least. And you ha- all your numbers have to be good. You know, right, like right, all right, that right. has to be good, obviously. But the first prerequisite is that you have to be a GM for two years. Okay. And so I'm putting in my time there. Well, you know, me and Faith ultimately want to move back to Central. You know, that's kind of like what our plan always was. And um, Brad Pine at the Central location is like, you know what? I want to get out of the restaurant. Shout out Brad Pine. Also one of my favorite people at Cane's. Do you know Brad? <laughs> um, I may have met him. He lived in Central forever. Uh, he's like a big Central guy. But anyways, um, he's like, you know what? I want to get into training. And so the Central location opens up. And we had been, I had been, I say I, like it's always a team. And we can talk about that later for yeah, sure. Yeah, for like sure. Yeah. everything uh, is a team it's all effort. About the crew. Yeah, for sure. Um, but so we were killing it at Kane Six and like just, uh, that's, that's the, the double yeah, drive through. Yeah, that's the double drive okay. through. Sorry. That's a, that was the sixth Kane's, right? Yeah. Like, so wow. he bought Kane's three, oh, I don't want to get this wrong. Kane's three, four, which was in Central. Four? That was that the was central that double drive through central. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay. Remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. double drive through central. Way, it was down there. Yeah. Um, which Sullivan was the first Kings that I ever went to. Was that one? Oh, really? Four. As a five. shift manager, you were there. No, no, no. As a as a customer, that was the oh, first okay. Kings I ever went to. Actually, I think I think mine too. Either that one or the one on Drusilla was the yeah, first Drusilla. one. I and went that to. was so that's three. That's Kings three. Okay. So three, four, five, six, and seven. They all, bought from uh, Racetrack, I think. Yeah, Don't yeah. quote me on that. All double drive throughs. All double drive throughs. And uh, the Canes four ended up turning into the Canes in Central. All the Canes have a nickname, and ours is Rags to Riches. I think that's a pretty cool <laughs> nickname. Like, that's pretty cool. We went from cool. the. Yeah. Uh, they might not name that. Now, because like we don't want people at the double drive to get it's like rags or whatever. So, if anybody, anybody that works there is listening, I don't think that because I worked there and yeah. it was it was good. But so, anyways, we're killing it at uh, killing it at uh, Kane's Six, the double drive through, and this this spot in Central opens up. And when I say like, <clears throat> if you talk to all the GMs in Baton Rouge, like there's probably not a restaurant that anyone would want more than that one like it's just central yeah maybe zachary but even zachary's a little tough sometimes because they stay open a little later maybe like the canes on Corsi is real nice there's a nice big subdivision right there actually shenandoah i think is like the biggest subdivision in louisiana it is i think 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 still um which you might know about yeah maybe i think that's right yeah so anyways and it's right there right so there's a couple good ones but man kane's uh 63 which is the one in central is up there and so like it just fell into my lap and it was like there was a couple people that maybe were up for it but like it just made sense because like my area director knew i was right there i grew up in central um i think for whatever reason my area director then thought that i had like gone to central high (laughs) which i didn't do and i was just like (laughs) I, just a few things they said, and I never tried to like maybe steer right. in another direction. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know everyone in Central yeah. <laughs> because I grew up here, um, and it just worked out, man. And so, like, obviously, I keep my head down, I work hard, and I, you know, you get to know people, and you know, you build the, the, you know, it's it's not it's who you know, not what you know, and all that kind yeah. of stuff, you know. Um, 
but you know, I, I'm doing all that, but man, things just work out. And, and like I said, I've always prayed like God just made my path straight. And I can see at every turn where he did that, even at, even at work, you know? Um, and so anyways, I was about a year and a half at that cane. So I come up on this restaurant and I'm getting real close to that two year mark to get into the MP class. And they're like, well, we want to see you run this canes for a year and like, see how it does. Cause Brad was like the operator's operator. Like he, really? he kept things tight. Um, I, I think he's one of the few people, maybe I shouldn't say this, but he's one of the few people in the RSO that I think could like hop back down to operations and just still kill it. Like, and that's not saying anything about people at the RSO. Like Brad, just a beast. Like he was an operator's operator. Right. And so I get to the restaurant and it's like humming. Right. And I'm like, all right, Alan, just don't mess this up. And you know, we could talk about, I'm I'm trying to keep up with this is like 2013. This is a couple years after. I'm trying to think. So what's now 2020. I just hit five years as an MP. So it must've been 2014. Or I'm about to hit, I just hit four years as an MP. Okay. So maybe it's 2015. Yeah. 2015. That's when it was. Cause that's when I had my cancer thing and everything. And that was my very first, uh, not to like gloss over that, but it was good. We (laughs) caught it early and everything was good. Um, everybody's like, what? Yeah. You had cancer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so anyways, and that was my first year, um, there. So anyways, they're like, we want to see you run it for a year. And so we run it, ran it for a year. And, um, I got really lucky. I had some like really good shift managers, like really good shift managers. And I probably had like my best set of bird specialists, which I kind of explained what that was. I had probably like my best set of bird specialists I'd ever had up to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was just like, I was just showing up to work every day and everybody was like, everybody that I hired was like, how am I getting these people? Like, this is awesome. And so like that first year we just like destroyed it. Like nice. everything that Brad was doing, like as far as numbers and stuff, we we're doing it. And then, you know, we just like piggybacked on what Brad was doing from like a marketing standpoint and everything and just grew sales. And I mean, it was just a great first year. Right. So we get into the MP class and, um, so when you were operating at that restaurant, you were the GM. Yes. And was who was the partner there then? There was no partner there. Okay. So there was So so basically co- totally if a restaurant has a partner, it was the GM. The GM just basically goes from GM to partner. Okay. Um Brad was a was a uh, managing partner yeah. there uh until he stepped into the training uh department. Okay. Brad Brad's a big dog now. Um but anyway, so uh I get into the MP class. And it's a year-long class. We go up to Dallas. Yeah, tell me um, all the details about this. Yeah, so, and we've talked about it like maybe once before or something. But so we go up to Dallas, and the class is totally different now. I actually went to a class uh, recently for the new MPs and got to speak to them. Mm -hmm. And it was probably 80. There was like 18 people in our class. And now there's like 80 people trying to be. I mean, the company's grown tremendously. How many restaurants do they have right now, Dina? Oh, man, I can't. It's four. If I had to just say a number in system, not counting franchise restaurants that are still out there and the overseas restaurants, which well, I, are I insane. Want, I want to talk about that too. Yeah. Um, and I don't know a whole lot about that, but we can talk about it a little bit for sure. But just in, in system is like 480, wow, okay. something like that, close to 500, but they're building like 90 this year. Wow. Um, and you are this next year, 2021. And you worked at three and four. I worked in, at 60 in Zachary. 60. Okay. Kane six in Watson. Okay. And then 63. And then I opened in central. Yeah. And then and what I was opened this? Kane's one Oh six in Pasadena, Texas, which right. I don't know if you remember. I, do I was remember there that. for like four months. Yeah. What? So, and then what was, so Kane's in central when it was the double drive through was four was four. Yeah, okay. Got yeah. it. Right. 
so yeah, and I've so I've worked gotten a chance to work at a few, um, and it's been really cool. But so that first year, we uh, we we would go, we went up once a quarter to Dallas, right. and um, it was actually another crazy thing. So I, the first time in my life I ever got the flu. Oh, really? Was my very first trip to my MP uh, class. And so on the way there, I'm like, man, I don't feel like it's kind of weird. Like, and of course now, like if you felt even a little bit, <laughs> they'd be mad that you came. Right? right. But I was just like, I had the sniffles or whatever. And I get there for the first day and I, I go in there and I'm like, oh, I'm going to sit in the back of the class, like kind of in. And I told the girl that was running it, Tracy, um, I was like, I'm not feeling well. I don't know what's going on. Well, there was an ice storm in Dallas. Mm. And so long story short, I ended up getting back to the hotel. They sent me back to the hotel and she's like, it's okay. Like, here's all the information. This first thing is really just kind of getting to know the other MP candidates and getting to know us. So it's, you're not missing out on anything. And she reassured me, she's like, this is not going to make you not be an MP yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Cause I was like, man, you know, in the restaurant business, there's a stigma, like you kind of work through it, you right, know, of course yeah. until now. And I think that yeah. it's a good thing because we don't, it's probably need, a good thing. People yeah, don't work. Sick. And obviously like crew members we'd send home, but like at the salary position, it's always has been like dude you work through it right like that's that's what you do yeah and um you know it's probably a good thing now that that has changed tremendously at least at Canes I can't speak for other places but anyway so she sends me back to the hotel I get worse and worse dude I'm sweating throwing up (laughs) I never had the flu before I don't know what this is right yeah and I have to get to like a stat care place or something I was like I gotta go somewhere and so everything's iced over I literally like there's no Ubers, anything. I literally walked a mile wow. in the ice and snow <laughs> to get to the stat care place with the flu. Dang. Cause I was like, I feel like I felt terrible. Right. And so they're like, all right, well, here's the uh prescription. You have the flu. They gave me like Tamiflu or whatever it was, something yeah, else. Yeah. I walked like a half a mile to get to a Walgreens that was open Jeez. to get my prescription filled. And then I get back to the hotel for the next two days because it was like a three day thing. I was like just in the hotel taking medicine, like really? just throwing up. So you weren't able to go to any of Didn't it? Didn't go to any the of first it. Trip. Is it over a week? It's over a weekend? Yeah, it's like a, a, well, yeah, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday or something like okay. that. Um, or no, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is for those who aren't in the restaurant business are like the busiest days of the week. Mm-hmm. So it was actually like a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I think. Um, and so anyways, <laughs> I, uh, hello. <laughs> all right so we're back recording <laughs> we had to take a little break for a little bit i had to run home. save a child you had to save a baby i had to save basically. my child's yeah. life yeah not really uh we had a little mishap with the door and had to go and we have extra keys so we're renting a house currently and it's not our house we just sold our house we're renting a house and we have like four keys and i think like, like when we've at some point in the last three weeks we've been there, yeah. you know, I was like, I should like put a key outside because the so the door locks on this door. This is the reason that yeah. I had to go home. So the bottom door locks, it's the kind that you can push the button on the inside and then it locks. Uh, and so, yeah. but if you don't turn it, if you don't turn the lock part before you turn the handle, the lock part doesn't pop out and unlock. Locked. So yeah. you can yeah. open the door without it lo- unlocking. Yeah. It's like a safety. So, I mean, that's a safety thing, but it's like also an, it's, it's a terrible feature <laughs> yeah, yeah. for these. But so that's what happened. So Tori had a mishap and just now got locked out of the house and Sybil was inside sleeping. So I just had to run home real if quick. If it makes you feel any better, I just put a key outside our house maybe like 
a year ago. We've been in it for over three years. But <laughs> to be fair, I gave my parents and and your right. parents, my in-laws, yeah. uh, a, a spare key. And your parents because, live. And my parents live 120 yards in front right. of me. So <laughs> like if, if, if I really needed something, um, you know, it would have been better. But yeah, um, I, I get off work late sometimes. Like I'll get home at like 1230. And so if I did, for whatever reason, not have a key or something, I wouldn't want to go and wake up my parents. So I was yeah. like, I better put a key out here just yeah. in case. Yeah. So I got one uh, just under the rug if you want to rob me. It's no, under the rug go. at the moment. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I, need, I need to get a little hideaway thing. Yeah. But it's, it, I've done it before, too. So don't feel bad, Tori, for yeah. locking your... But I had right. to kick the door in. And it felt pretty... I felt like a policeman or something. Yeah, I bet. Like yeah. SWAT team. Yeah. It only took two kicks. But did it scare you at all how easy it actually kind of was? It like, kind of is, yeah. So the deadbolt wasn't a lock. So I think that it would have been a lot more difficult if the deadbolt was locked. Which always lock your deadbolt if you don't want people right. to kick your Okay, door I was thinking the deadbolt was locked, so that's why there wasn't quite as much damage. Right, like, there, the deadbolt was not locked. So, yeah. like it was. Now that I've kicked in a door, yeah, I could just kick in with one, just one shot and go in. Yeah. Super easy, huh. without the deadbolt locked. Who would have guessed? So lock your deadbolt, yeah. people. Anyway, all right. So thank you, Alan, for driving back the three minutes back to the church again and yeah, yeah. and picking up. Yeah, it was tough, man, but you know, I make sacrifices for I appreciate my for you my sacrificing. niece. For my niece. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Caleb made that joke. Yeah, we haven't I haven't actually it'll probably be in the description of the intro, but you married my sister, so yes. we're brothers in law, but brothers yeah. now. And your kids are mine, nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. And niece and nephews, and mm-hmm. my kid is your niece. Okay, yeah. but sorry. So I just listened back, and we, you were telling me about MP, and I still want to step by step dredge through the track yeah, yeah. of how you got. So the first week you had the flu. Yeah, um, had the flu. Flew back on the plane. Like you think of like COVID stuff now. You know, it's like <laughs> you dude, were just getting. They'd be checking fever. I was like just like ah, just giving <laughs> it to everybody. No, I felt I actually started feeling better. Uh, I didn't have a fever actually when I flew uh, back. It was like a two day thing or whatever that mm-hmm. I was sick. So I think if you don't have a fever, you're not contagious, right? Is that right? I have no clue. But you know what the story does tell me is that. Young, healthy people, when they get sick, they tend to get better very quickly. (laughs) We can leave that. So uh, maybe we should take that point into consideration, government. No. Um, Yeah, and I was a lot younger then, too. Um, So anyways, I get back, and you know everything's good. So that whole year, you're running the restaurant, and we're going up to Dallas a few times, but there's like projects that you have to do. Okay. um, One of them is like you have to do one big marketing event in your area. So uh, we do this thing, and I wanted to share this because I think it's really cool, Mm -hmm. uh, a cool thing about Canes. So we do a couple of things, but one thing that we do is uh, Lemonade Day is an organization that Canes partners with. And so what it is basically is kids can um, make their own lemonade stand. They have to go get investors. Mm. Oh, uh, nice. to invest so they can't build so it's, they they're learning how to build how to build a business basically yeah, that's cool. learn how to be entrepreneurs one of our pillars kind of is like entrepreneurship mm. um and so they're learning how to be entrepreneurs so they have to go get investors they have to go get all their product build a stand you know probably their parents will help them but you know they have <laughs> to do the pro the the process um and then they set up their stand and sell lemonade whatever they get the program says to donate a third of it to save a third of it and to pay back your investors with a third of it. So it's kind of, cool. you know, big thing of what Keynes does is, you know, giving back to the community. Obviously, we save to to make the company better and um, 
you know, we pay back our, our mm-hmm. food products, labor, all that stuff. Right. So they're kind of learning, uh, you know what that is. So I was like, this is a cool program that's kind of near and dear because I'm, while I'm not like necessarily an entrepreneur at heart, I love entrepreneurs. Um, you know, like I, I run my own business, but don't own my own business. And yeah. I don't really have a, there's nothing like inside of me that's like wants to own a business necessarily, but I love business and, and what mm. that is. And, and I feel like I understand it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it, it's cool. So I got with um, Central Intermediate School, uh, Brittany, uh, Brittany Smith, who is awesome. She's moving up the ranks in the, in the Central School District. She's, um, she's really the best. So I was like, look, I think we could do something with this kind of cool. So she's like, all right, let's, let's work on it. And, um, so with, uh, Central Intermediate School, we set up this thing and we actually did it behind the restaurant in that central square. It's like a big pavilion for those of y'all that don't know, but, um, they could come out there and each class would set up a lemonade stand on like a Saturday and they raised, they would raise money. And actually the prince, the principal of Central Intermediate School was like, I love the give a third, keep a third, uh, pay back a third. But she was like, I want to give everything that we make to whatever the organization is. Cool. So at that time, I think it was like the central food bank and the next year was the year of the flood, which mm-hmm. a lot of people listen probably know about, but, um, we gave, they gave all the money to central private, um, because central oh, private yeah. got flooded, just destroyed. destroyed by all that. And so each year we've done something different. I think we, we'd done central food uh-uh. bank the last couple of years, but anyways, that first year we, they set up lemonade stands. It was a big event. I got central papers to push it and the, you know, central, uh, kind of market it and, it and everything. And they raised like $6,000. Wow. Well, Todd Graves came out to it. Mm-hmm. And for those of y'all that don't know, Todd is the, uh, founder of, uh, Canes and he came out to the event cause he likes to go around, like he'll go to the individual lemonade stands and stuff. Well, this nice. was like the first time that there was a like a big group oh. of lemonades. Like so this was normally like, this is just something a kid does uh, on their okay, own. Okay. So we did it with the school and made it a big deal. I just assumed that this lemonade day with like, there was like probably what a couple hundred people. I thought that yeah. all the canes did this. No, no, no. This so we did this time. in central and we're like, you know, I think we can really do something with this. So, cool. um, Todd comes out there. He was like, this is the best thing ever. And he probably <laughs> wouldn't, I, I know Todd a little, not well, he might not would even like me sharing this, but I think it's cool. So I'm going to share it. Do it. Is he, he was does, like, he does he, listen to this podcast. Yeah, by for the way, sure. So yeah. He'll hear it. Um, <laughs> but he was like, he, once he saw how much we raised, he was like, you know what? I'm going to bump it up to 15,000. Cause it was, uh, you know, for, for the, uh, right. that's awesome for what it was for or whatever. And so he, he comes out and so like, everybody's like freaking out. Like, you know, he's like, this is a great cause. And so now some of like Zachary does it, some other, um, areas do it. Denim is Denim Springs is, uh, I think this year going to start it. And cool. it's just a cool thing. And we've evolved it a little bit. It's at the school now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do it like with the middle school and intermediate school and the kids can sell it, but they're always raising money for a cause. Um, and they know, you know what it's for and that they're raising money. It's not for them. It's for other people. And, and, but they're also learning how to start a business and yeah. do all that. And it's, it's really cool. neat. So we did that. That was my big marketing thing. We also did another thing and I'm just sharing this cause I love what Canes does for the community. That's one of my favorite things. And I could tell you actually last week, uh, real quick to break a tangent, this is so neat. So Lake Charles area just got hit by hurricane Laura. We're mm. dating this podcast now, mm-hmm. but um, it's and it's like, right so we took a, yeah, we took a group of people, uh, from different canes in Baton Rouge. And mm-hmm. we've done this several times over the last week to keep that restaurant running. Well, they put a generator out there. They got a water tank out there and 
Canes is literally the only thing open besides Lowe's in the really? entire city. Like all, wow. all the whole area. Like, dude, we're riding out there. There's billboards falling over. Like every single power line is down. Well, like, so we're open. This is the only place to get food in Lake Charles. So for all these people coming back to try to fix their homes and do everything, I mean, the line is like course. 45 minutes. Like there's people waiting like 45, 50 minutes, Dang. but they're getting like 15 boxes, yeah. you know, feeding everybody, helping them and stuff. So, but that's the kind of stuff that Canes does is like, like whenever we flooded here, people came down from Hattiesburg to help run our restaurant oh, for like wow. a week. And I remember like literally showing up to work that day and I knew they were coming, but like they showed up and it was like some kind of relief. And I literally like teared up. Like mm. I started, I was just like, this is cool. Like they're coming here. Canes is like, Canes knows that like, yeah, Walmart might be open, but people need a release. They need like, they can't cook because mm-hmm. they're, they have no electricity. They can't, you know, so like Canes being open in the only place that's open. I mean, you know, the cynical eye can be like, yeah, y'all are really busy. That's good for business, <laughs> right? <making> <laughs> but man, like the people running it, like we're doing it because like, I really felt like I was giving back to the community because like my parents' house flooded and your parents, yeah. my in-laws' house flooded. And there was a lot of things I, and I did help as much as I could, but like I was serving the community, you know, being up there at 6 a.m. every day and being there until 10 p.m. every day. Like it was long days, but it was in like, long days you know but like it was worth it because i mean you just have people coming in there was a cool picture that i took that um our whole lobby which we lobby's not open right now but (laughs) our whole lobby was filled with sheetrock dust at one point because people were coming in tearing sheetrock out of their houses just dirty but like we were feeding them and so it, it was good for business obviously like yeah but it was like community and that's yeah. what canes does there's another marketing thing that we do it's called raising grades with raising canes and this is my by far my favorite thing that uh that we do and we started sean actually started in zachary and i, I adapted it into central too but basically it's for uh kids that in each nine weeks that raise their grades the most from the previous nine weeks and so it's you know my my thought behind it and sean's thought behind it was that the kids that always make straight A's and always make A's and B's, like they get rewarded for it as they should because mm-hmm. they're doing good, they're working hard. But the kids that bring their grades up from like a 1.5 to a 3.5 in one nine weeks, like mm-hmm. those kids don't really get recognized a whole lot. And so we get one kid from each grade level in the Tangle in Tanglewood Elementary School and in the Central Intermediate School. We bring them with their principal to the uh, to Canes right before we open, and uh, we feed them lunch. But they don't know we invite their parents too. Oh, that's cool. And their parents show up, and so their parents get there, and then the kids show up, and they're like, "Oh, my parents are here," and we just celebrate the fact that they worked hard and. They raise their grades. And I'm telling you, like, parents will come to me, like, crying. Like, I'm so (laughs) glad that you did this. Like, um, you know, I've been working on them to, like, work harder in school and to and and they they see that there's a payoff, you know? Yeah. And so that's one of my favorite things because it's not something that affects, like, you know, 30,000 people or whatever in Central or 27, however many is in Central. It's it's something that affects like th- like three people yeah. or six people, but it it really makes an impact. And like, who would think that like a fast food restaurant would like yeah. make an impact in like a kid's life or whatever? But like to me, that's important. Like that's what we do. So, anyways, these are some of the things like we think outside the box with the marketing stuff, right? And like the getting in the community. And that was part of the MP program is to like, okay, marketing is more than just like giving out some free kids' meals to a school or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And that's part of it, obviously, but it's it's getting involved and being part of the community. So that was kind of the process of the 
MP class. So we would go back each quarter and do a little bit of something. You had, you had to have, we had mystery shops and you have to have good mystery shop scores. And we have a, a restaurant assessor that comes in uh, unannounced and, and assesses the restaurant. It's like a 3000 point assessment. I mean, it's wow. kind of, it's actually a big deal. Um, it's like, you never know when they're going to show up, <clears throat> yeah. you know? So it's, it's like they come uh, once a quarter, so it's always like I love whenever she, uh, she comes in like right at the beginning of the quarter, so that way I know like for the next two yeah. months like I can kind of like work <laughs> on other things besides just like hey everything right. has to be perfect all so the time. So they're they're still coming back once a quarter, like not right now, oh, okay. not during the COVID stuff. But I mean like after the MP. Oh yeah, after the MP. So well with the MP thing, they come once a quarter. Before they actually come twice a quarter. Whenever you're not, they got come it. eight times a year. Whenever you're a GM, and okay. Four times a year when you're an MP. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, so they were actually coming eight times a year then for my MP year. Got it, but got it. Um, so you just have to be on point, right? right? So that whole year, like, I know, like, I'm just like, like just on top of everybody all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have crew members that were with me, um, you know, up until maybe recently that were with me when I during that year, and they're always like, "Look, you think Alan might get on you now? You weren't there during the MP year. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was just on top of it, right? Yeah, and and yeah, obviously, yeah. we're still on top of it, but like." it mattered a little differently then. Right. right for sure. Um, and so at the end of the year, we had to do this big presentation and this was a cool thing. Um, and, and I learned a lot about business from this presentation. Is it, is, before you tell me that, yeah. is it, so you're, you go four times once a quarter for yep. that year yep. up to Dallas. And when you're there, is it, uh, are they, is it like a course that they're teaching you? Or yeah, you like, it's, it's a learn. It's, it, they have different people speaking to us, like the training department. Will come, is it like a, is it like a curriculum or is it more like they're bringing people in to just it's not a curriculum. give you the wisdom and yeah. give you the tips and yeah. Okay. And, and we mingle like, you know, we, we kind of talk to each other like, Hey, this is what's working. This okay. is what isn't working. Yeah, yeah. And I, I keep up with a lot of the people that were in my MP So it's not like still. a, so it's not like MP, it's not like MP school. It's kind of like a, like, uh, tr it's, it's more of like a hands-on training type yeah, thing. Yeah. Okay. That's what right. it is. And you know, you go and like, Hey, this is what I'm, this is what isn't good right now. This is what it got it. So, but we go to the final presentation and you have to present your business. Basically you have to convince them that you can be a partner okay. in the business okay. and that you're worth it. So, um, because I mean, it's a pay bump, dude. It's, I mean, it's worth doing it, right, you know? Right. Um, which is another reason why Keynes is awesome. They, they treat us right that way too. But, um, so for the presentation, basically you have to present all of your metrics for the year, like how, what you scored and different things, your sales volume, you know, were you in, increased in sales? Did you, and you have to present your marketing, your big marketing thing that you did. And, um, we had such a good year, dude. It was one of those things I was like, I was more worried about the details of like, well, what if they ask me what happened in, in uh, period two, why mm. this number was green instead of gold? Because we have like a colored tier, okay. it'd be like red, yellow, green, gold. Okay. Uh, back then, I think there might have been an orange too, but they <clears> took that out. It's kind of like, uh, like if you're red, it's bad and like you're going to get in trouble. But if you're orange, is that really good? <laughs> right? So they <laughs> right. just took the orange out. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, which made sense. But anyway, so everything, like literally every number was gold, but I was so nervous going into it. I was like, I need to know like what dollar amount my sales went up. Yeah. And I need to be a, like, when I presented, I probably have said it a lot, but I say like, I say like, and you know, yeah. a lot. <laughs> and so y'all will probably catch that now that I said that. But so I, I practiced a speech where I wouldn't say, you know, and like, and I was on top of it. So I get in there. 
and it's all the big wigs, you know, like the big the nice. big name people at Canes or whatever in there, the and you're presenting. Yeah, and I was a little nervous, but only in the sense of like, all right, what are they going to ask me, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I start presenting everything, and like, obviously the numbers are good and and all this. So is it uh, set? All right, just set the stage a little bit. So yeah. you're in Dallas, they have like, is their office in and a you high go rise? up there? You go up, yeah. It's in a. It, well, actually, no, it's not. We have our own building. Uh, oh, RSO. Okay. It's four. It's four floors, okay. and all four floors. We Canes. fill it up. Dude, the RSO is huge. That's another big thing about Canes is like we have a, a lot higher ratio of like RSO right, members that, too. Yeah. yeah, which is a good thing. I For mean, sure. it, yeah. it takes a lot off of our plates as a GM. But so you go in there and it's you're in this room. You have a screen behind you presenting and there's kind of people on a tiered, like there's uh, steps okay. up yep. and it's like three rows. And How many people were you presenting to? Uh, it was like 12 or 14, something like that. It was like the the president of marketing, the pre, the uh Chief Operating Officer, um, some of some of them, Clint so Pinfield, like, who I told you about earlier, yeah. who I spilled the drink on the other lady, oh, right, was right. in there. Okay, and um, so 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 like everybody just below Todd, kind of. Yeah, more or Most less, and them. it's different people. Not mm. everyone presented to the same people because oh, okay. you would dry, you would fly to Dallas. And get and present and get on a plane and fly right back. Oh, so you were not there with all your classmates. You weren't right. Talking like it was with me them. and the one other guy in nice. Baton Rouge that was in the MP okay. class that year. Um, oh, okay. Who he it. passed too. Got it. Um, and he's a really good operator too. But um, anyway, so we present. I'm presenting, <laughs> and um, I wasn't. Ner- I was more nervous about like the questions right. that they asked. And it ended up like I really maybe shouldn't have been quite as nervous, but I love that I was so prepared because I was able to like give really detailed stuff. Um, but like most of the questions were the marketing, uh, mm-hmm. the, the marketing girl, um, gosh, why can I think anyways, I can't think of her name right now. She's still with Canes, but she asked me a few questions. Clint reminded me that I spilt the drink in the on, presentation, in the presentation. <laughs> and that kind of, actually, I'm glad yeah, he did because he did it at the beginning and it kind of broke the ice yeah. a little bit. And, um, he's got your back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. By making fun of you. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so anyways, I presented and it was great, uh, but I, I, I was more than ready. But it, it taught me something about business that like there's always more to know about your business. Like mm-hmm. you can know everything, but there's always more detail. Like you can get in deeper on your inventory or deeper on your, uh, you know, your line by line. Like did the uh, did our um Reinhardt, who delivers our food for us, did they charge us correctly? Did they overcharge us on you know, whatever the case may be, you can always dig deeper, you know, how did I handed out these, um, you know, 50, uh, kids achievement awards to a dentist office, you know, for the kids having clean teeth and Mm -hmm. like, how did that affect, like whenever those people came in to redeem it, did their parents buy food too? So was it worth it? You know, mm-hmm. um, cause obviously like that's the benefit of handing out a kid's meal course, is that yeah. parents have to come in with them. Right. So you can always dig deeper and be like, all right, this was successful. What can I do to make it more successful, especially marketing, but you know, operations wise too. And, um, I mean, how can I be more successful with developing people? How can I be more successful with getting people promoted if they want to get promoted? Um, whatever it is. So there's always more to dig into. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. what that presentation taught, which I think is what you're supposed to get out of it. Right. Yeah. Um, is that, um, there's, there's more to, to the whole thing. Cause I always said, I didn't go to school to be a GM at a restaurant. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's always been my thing with Canes is I didn't like, there was a point whenever I got promoted to GM, I didn't even know what I didn't know. Like there was so much more to it that I was just like showing up to work every day, treating people right, trying to create like a good culture in the restaurant. And like, 
I mean, there's stuff now that I would look back on and be like, I didn't even think of looking at that when <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, you know, so it's like, I didn't go to school to be a GM. So like everything that I've learned along the way has been just experience, right? Like it's come from experience and, uh, you just add a little bit on at a time or whatever. So, but that's kind of the process. That's how they get the MP, um, MPs in the, in the restaurant so when you're, so you present and then they ask you questions and stuff. And then do you find out right then if you're th- like, if you pass the class? Um, I did. Yes. They uh, don't okay. do it like that anymore. Uh, okay. You find out later. And from what I hear now, it's a lot more metrics driven. It's a lot more about like, did you increase sales? Did your assessments go good when they came in the restaurant? And it's a little bit less about like the presentation. Mm. Like back then it was like that presentation was big because they weren't keeping up with your metrics on a monthly basis like they do. Like now it's so streamlined. Like they know exactly what your standing is, you know, on a, on a weekly basis. Right. Which is a good thing. I mean, Keynes is evolving and, and, and getting better with that stuff. But back then it was like, man, that presentation, you should, you better have had a good year so that your presentation, you can just <laughs> blow it out the water. Yeah. So, um, but that was kind of it. That, that was, uh, the process. And, and now, um, you know, they basically have to just justify that it's worth it for the company to pay, to pay you more money to do mm-hmm. the same thing that a GM would be doing. Gotcha. You have to show that you're doing, you can do more, you can increase sales, market, affect the community, you know, those yeah. kind of things. So. Um, okay. So then, okay, so when did you graduate from the MP school? That was four, about four and a half years ago. Okay. Uh, now, um, it would have been like, uh, November of 2015. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the whole class goes basically January to November. And I found out right then. Um, so I've been an MP for four and a half years. Got it. And uh, I love it. It's a great company. We, they treat people right. And um, yeah. So, all right. So the, um, so four and a half years at the restaurant. And then, and also if I like ask a question that you're like not supposed to disclose <laughs> or answer, just. It's yeah. Like, like I can't tell you how to make cane sauce or nothing. No, 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 no. I mean, I wasn't going to ask that, but like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and no one would expect you to answer. Uh, you can tell me when we stop recording. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> uh, but okay. So you, <clears throat> and you don't have to give me like specific numbers and stuff, maybe about the restaurant if you can, but if you can't, no problem. Uh, so you get, so when you become an MP, you actually the it actually changes to where you are a partner with them mm-hmm. on the restaurant mm-hmm. is that right so yep. you were you're able to profit more from the performance of the restaurant yep okay and so it's not just salary anymore yeah well <laughs> even as a gm you have a monthly bonus at canes okay. um and obviously yeah like numbers wise probably won't really get into that or whatever but it's uh basically your salary goes up um you know, X amount or whatever, but your bonus doubles like right off the bat, like your monthly bonus doubles. Got and it. then, um, you're also accumulating a long-term value bonus that pays out every three years. Okay. Um, and, and is that's, that in the, is that based off, is that steady or is it based off your restaurant performance? It's steady. So okay. as long as your performance keeps you Matches at an MP level, yeah, yeah, you'll get this amount. Okay. Um, I'm and they curi- just added, yeah, I'm curious, to, I'm curious to know all of these things just because, most people don't know how it works. And yeah. obviously Canes 
it has been very profitable and successful and has grown a lot. And so like the things that they are doing obviously yeah. is working. So that's well, what the MP program to, is wildly successful. I mean, it, there's not one like it, um, in the restaurant industry, um, as far as like how they pay out and you know what they do. And obviously the benefit of that to Keynes is it attracts the best people. Sure. It attracts the top people. So, um, you know, when you have the best leaders running restaurants, you're going to typically have the best restaurants. Yeah. Um, and most, yeah. most people normally, you know, most people I imagine don't think that someone who runs up quote unquote air quote fast food mm -hmm. restaurant has the potential to make X amount of dollars, yeah. which is more than most people would, would suspect. So that whenever you, whenever people find out about that, yeah. it's like, okay, it makes sense why Canes always has better service and always yeah. does my, you know, all that stuff. My parents were really cool about it whenever I told them <clears throat> that I was, uh, so I went on board with Canes and they were like, I mean, I was still in school, so they didn't think it was like a career move. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I kept telling them, I was like, I, I mean, like they excited me, like the, the stuff about it, like the, the potential for moving forward excited me. And when I found out what an MP like makes in a year and stuff, I was just like, I could like make this a career. So like I, you know, I finished school out, um, while I was in school, but I ended up not needing that degree, you know? Um, yeah. but the thing is, <clears throat> you know, as well as they pay and, you know, whatever you want to say, they, if you can't cut it, like you're not going to have that position, you yeah. know, like if you can't, so it's not like scrub, it's not like, you know, scrubs, like, you know, running these restaurants or whatever. Um, you know, it's, it's people that, are competent at what they do and really they're competent at leading people. That's, that's the biggest thing is you have to, as a, as a MP at Canes or a restaurant partner, you have to be able to lead people. You have to be able to sit down with people and develop them and show a path for a career or show a path for growth, even if it isn't a career for somebody. Um, and that's my, you know, not to change subjects completely, but that's always my goal. Like I get these 16, 17 year old kids in there and you know, a lot, a lot of, up to 20, 21 years and older, but that's the majority of who I have. And for them, I always tell them in the interview, I'm like, right now for you, this isn't a career. And I treat it that way for you. Like this is, I do not expect you to treat this like it's a career. So what I do is I try to create a fun environment that people want to come in, that people want to come into and an environment where everyone works hard so that no one has to pick up any slack because that's not a fun environment. Mm -hmm. So we try to create this environment that it's like, yeah, work sucks. Like, you know, um, you don't necessarily like want to work, but when on the days that you're scheduled, you're like, you know what? It isn't that bad. Like yeah. I enjoy the people I work with. I don't have to, like, I'm not stressed. You know, I, I'm less stressed as an MP at Cane's than I was as like a waiter at Chili's. Like, really? and I tell people that all the time. Like, mm -hmm. it's just you, if you can create that environment, um, where everyone works hard and the expectation is that, and, and the leadership works harder. Like I always say, like no one's gonna outwork me, and I think that's important that my crew members and my managers see that. Like no one's gonna outwork me. Like I'm gonna go out and run trash. You know, like I'm gonna get in the dumpster, not in the dumpster, but I'm gonna <laughs> get out there with you and throw trash in the dumpster. And I'm, I mean, you'll see me when it's 96 degrees outside. Like I'll go get the lot check and sweep up trash outside so that like you know other like the, the teenager doesn't have to. Right. And it's like, I don't do that all the time, but like people need to see that, like, Hey, I don't expect you to do anything that I wouldn't do. Right. And mm. so that's the environment that we create. And I think that that's what attracts great employees or great crew members as we call them, um, 
to the company, you know, and those great crew members generally turn into great shift managers and, you know, eventually Mm -hmm. great, great restaurant leaders. So, um, you know, that's kind of the, that, that idea of like, we, I want to create that culture of like, we're half fun, we work hard and no one like has to pick up slack from anybody else. Yeah. Um, which is why they always list the Todd Graves, Fry Cook, and CEO or whatever. Mm-hmm. They have the... Yeah, he's CEO, Fry Cook, and Cashier. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the so I was going to... I wanted to ask you about like... Because you have 50 people that work for you at your Canes. Mm-hmm. Plus man, Yeah, plus the managers. Plus manage. Oh, yes, that's right. 50 crew members plus yeah. managers. Um, so like I, I kind of wanted to ask a little bit how like what's the... And whenever we go through this, I guess like I want to kind of distinguish maybe what part is Keynes and what part is Allen, if, mm. if we can do that. Yeah. So like the, you know, the hiring process and like dividing up the work and the process, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of processes that are Keynes provides oversight mm. and stuff for, but let's just say like, if you're hiring someone, let's, we could talk and like as much detail as you, as you want. Yeah. Like you need to, or I don't know if, I guess you probably just accept applications all the time. And then, yeah. So we have a program, you know, we have a, a, a website that kind of, files all of our applications for us and I'll, I'll typically do so like from the hiring process side of things like I'll typically do a phone screen with people um, so the number one thing that I realize and I think Keynes has realized is that like teenagers nowadays don't answer their phone to numbers that they don't know right uh, I hardly answer my phone to numbers that I didn't that I don't just know. a minute ago <laughs> oh lord <laughs> um, so so it's like if, if I don't know or if they don't know a number they're not gonna uh you know, they're not going to answer. So Mm -hmm. we have a text, you know, we have a text program now where we can text and be like, Hey, I want to set up a phone, phone interview with you. And, uh, whenever I call, I mean, like, you know, it's kind of one of those things like first impressions are really important, you know? Um, cause I don't have a whole lot of time for you to give me a second and third impression. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have time for that. Like I have a restaurant to run. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you answer your phone, like, hello, like (laughs) just woke up, whatever, you know, cause I'm not, I, I I understand, like, I'm not going to call you at eight o'clock in the morning. Like, you know, you don't have three kids. And most of these people are 17. Exactly. Like I'm up that early, but that's because like, you know, my life. Right. So, um, so, you know, I'm going to call you at three. If you wake up, at, if you're waking up at three o'clock and I'm waking you up, you know, like, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but, um, so that phone screen is important because it, it saves us. I mean, it saves me time, you know, it, yeah. I can kind of whittle out people, uh, based on that. But I would say the number one most important thing, uh, and Keynes, this is one thing that Keynes kind of leaves up to the GM, like almost exclusively. One of the few things that's like totally in our, our ballpark is hiring. Um, and so, uh, you know, I mean, when you come in, number one, like availability is like probably one of the most important things that I look at, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like if you say that you can work from like four to eight on Tuesday and 12 to four on Sunday and that's it, like that doesn't help me. Right. Yeah. Like because it's a part like we're entering a partnership here. Right. Like um, I agree to pay you for the services that you're going to give and like you're going to get something out of it, too. You get money. But also, like, I feel like I'm giving people a great, hopefully, uh, this is not me <laughs> patting myself on the back, but a great experience of what a boss should be or what leadership structure should be. Mm-hmm. So that way, when they get to their next job, eventually they can be like, nope, this isn't what I want. I'm going, I'm going to find, you know, I listen to a sports cast, uh, sports guy, mm-hmm. pa- Colin Cowherd. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says this a lot. And I agree a hundred percent that you follow leadership like that. 
like you, you don't want to work for somebody that isn't a good leader. Like mm. that's just not where you want to be. It always turns out bad. Right. So hopefully I give them some semblance of what a good leader, like somebody that's going to communicate with them, somebody that's going to, you know, give them opportunities, somebody that's going to listen to them, you know, if the time comes, be a little bit lenient when you have to be, when it makes sense. Right. Um, and, and not even lenient, but understanding, you know, like stuff comes up. Like mm-hmm. this is, like I said earlier, this isn't a career for you. I get that. Like, you know, I can make something, you know, my job is to make this restaurant run. So like, I'll make something work for you, you know? Um, so with the interview process, availability is probably, it's the first thing that I look at to see, am I going to interview this person Okay. now that, you know, that being said, like, that's probably not why I hire somebody. Like I'm going to hire them because they come in, you know, whenever they're talking to me, they're, you know, they're looking at me when they're talking right, to me. Right, right. Um, probably I'm going to have a tough time. Like if you're really shy, just because of the job, like right. it, it's hard to like, like work at Canes and be terribly shy. It's not to say I don't like I've hired a few people and some of my best right now, a couple of my best crew members are people that like hardly talk on the shift. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, they're great crew members though, because like they come in and work hard and, and like, you can kind of get that from, from the interview, right? Like, is this a person like maybe they're shy, but like they're a he- keep their head down and just plow through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you ask questions, you try to try to make the situation as like, try to bring levity to the situation if you can, because a lot of the kids that come in, it is their first time right, that they right, have right, sat right. down and interviewed. Right. Even if they have great <laughs> parents, like I don't think a great parent necessarily is going to like mock interview you. Right. right? Like, yeah. so a lot of times, um, I'm definitely gonna do that for my kids. Right. I'm yeah. Force them. To, yeah. Let to them come me. in. And I'll, I'll interview. Them. No. So that's true. You can interview. Yeah. Them, and so, them. and I built up like there's certain questions that I ask every single person. I'm going to get to point A to point B to point C on every single person. So you have like a script that you. I have a script that I'll follow, but obviously it'll deviate. But I'm always going to get to the next point. And this is the script that you've. Put, I've kind of, I've kind of developed okay. this, yeah, and yeah. and I and these are things that I like. I know, um, you know, like a question that I'll ask. They'll indicate everybody. like how they're gonna perform. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Is like I, I like to ask questions like, "What does this word mean to you?" So like, "What does teamwork mean to you?" Okay. And so a lot of times, you know, like I'll I'll see how they answer that question, and then move, you know, kind of move forward with that. Or you know, um, there's some things like. Um, you know, just really basic things like, Hey, we open at 10. The earliest you'd be here is eight. Is that a problem for you? Like I need to, and like, you know, if they're like, Oh no, like that doesn't sound good to me. Like I need to know that like, because just because they put like, Hey, this is when I can work on Mm -hmm. my, on their, on their uh, application, you know, a week later they're going to be like, Hey, I can't get here for eight. That's tough. Like I need to know, like, you know, and you can kind of get an idea. So, um, but there's questions that like, I'm going to get to with everybody. Um, and I'll be honest, like there's certain times when I can be a lot more strict on who I hire, like right whenever the COVID stuff started, it's not that I wasn't strict, but dude, I had to hire like 15 people like that. Cause, mm-hmm. cause like the way we broke up the restaurant into blocks so that there wasn't as much intermingling, it was like, I needed more people to be able to fill out a shift. Mm. So, um, I do you know, I want to come back to that in a little bit. So yeah, bank that. Yeah, for the sure. COVID stuff. Um, Keynes did a fantastic job <clears throat> with how they, how they handled this in my opinion, like just the, they were, um, you know, 
uh, in front, I think, on a lot of it. But anyways, mm-hmm. so the interview process, you know, I'm going to ask you questions. And, you know, I want a little bit of confidence, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, like not bravado or whatever, but like you can like speak to another human being, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, you joke and everything, but I, and I tell this people like the 16 year olds that I interviewed 10 years ago, cause I've been working with Keynes about 12 years. The 16 year olds that I interviewed 10 years ago Here it comes. are drastically different than the 16 year olds now. And it's just a and that's in 10 years. And I'm telling you, that is a fact. And it's not my opinion. Like, it's just, that's, it's, they typically have a little bit harder time speaking with people. Mm-hmm. And so like to pick the, pick through the weeds, you know, and find the ones that can still have a conversation with somebody. Right. Um, because, you know, part of Kane's or, you know, Kane's isn't just like, Hey, where can we get for you today? Yeah. Like you have to be able to make someone laugh or have a conversation with somebody in the lobby. Like, you know, this old person, older person is sitting by themselves. Like that's a good opportunity to be like, Hey, how are you doing today? Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, they're outside, blah, 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 whatever. But to create like some kind of relationship, whereas even at like full service restaurants, a lot of times like relationship with customer is transaction and food product. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, like how good is the food? So like being able to get that and do, we have people that come through every day and get a sweet tea or a diet (laughs) Coke. Coach Sid at the high school, he's the uh, athletic director. He comes through every day and gets a diet Coke. And I will talk to him (laughs) almost every day because like I've, we've built up a relationship to him. Right. Right. And, um, (laughs) maybe I shouldn't use names, but I love coach Sid. He's awesome. Um, and probably everybody that has gone to central in the last 20 years and as coach said, so, uh, but anyways, we have people that come in every day and it's like, you build up a relationship with people and it's funny, like when they understand that you're like, you're cool, like you're not just like a robot. Yeah. There's some people that'll like tell us their total before we can tell them their total. And like, they're just having fun, you know, like it's a, it's a good time. So, um, But as a crew member, you have to like have something mm-hmm. of that that you can give. And so that's kind of the stuff that I'm looking for. It's not like the words that you use. It's the attitude that you have. It's the way that you answer. It's the way that you speak um, uh, to me. And then, you know, there's times when I'll, I'll hire just based off a of need. Like some, normally I'm going to hire because this is an awesome person I need to have in this building. Like mm-hmm. I can teach them how to cook toast or yeah, how to yeah, uh, yeah. make a box combo. Right. But like I can't teach them how to be an awesome person. So I'm like, I got to have this person. I, I'm thinking I have and I won't use names or whatever, but there's these this couple that works for me that they are just awesome people. I was like, when I interviewed, I interviewed the girl first and, um, her boyfriend came and started working later, but I was just like, I don't, I could put this girl anywhere. And she (laughs) would just like knock people away with how awesome she is. Right. And I have 40 crew members like that. And if you're the 10 that I'm not, that aren't like, you know who I'm talking about, but I'm kidding. So no, it's like together. But like, those are just awesome people. Right. And so I was like, I can't not have this person in my restaurant. Like they want to work for Canes by all, by all means work for Canes, you know? Um, and I'm going to make it a great environment for you. So, but that's what I look for when I'm hiring. There's times when I'll hire needs, like I need a kitchen person that can close. And like, if there's somebody that comes in, they're like, I have kitchen experience and I want to close six nights a week. Like, yeah, they're getting, that's what I did in school (laughs) by all means, please do it because that sucks. Like nobody wants to do that. Right. (laughs) Um, some people do, but I'm like, you know what? You got kitchen experience, maybe a little rough around the edges, but like, I mean, we'll make it work, you know, like we'll make, if, if I need, if that's what I need, but normally it's like, I'll teach, I'll teach these people how to Mm -hmm. like greet a person over a headset, which is weirder than you think. 
Really? Yeah, to speak to somebody that you don't know over a headset, okay. it's a little weird. Um, it? it takes a little bit of getting used to it. Took, I went in to start my manager training, and the first time I greeted somebody on a headset, I was like, they have all the, you know, we have all these greetings, right? It's like right, right, sayings right. or whatever. And, stuff. and I had this one I was going to use. I was like, this is my first one. Like, this is going to be, I'm going to be like, start off right. And I was like, thank you for choosing Canes. What can I get for you? <laughs> and they were like, all right, try to speak slower and not like a robot. And I was like, and I'm like 21 or whatever I was at the time. I'm like, and I was, I'm comfortable speaking to people, you know, I was like, right. why was that so weird? Like, and it, so it takes a little bit, you'd be surprised. And um, y'all don't have a camera looking at the person, right? No, not the person. Okay. Uh, we have a camera like that looks at the, the car cars, to yeah. see if you're actually at the Cause I see, I know, I know like Chick-fil-A does. Yeah. Have, and like, I think McDonald's like, might have like a camera or whatever and then because they use Starbucks split lanes. I think that's why. Cause you need to be able to like differentiate. Person, right. Yeah. They split their lanes. And y'all, y'all have a single lane. Yeah. yeah some canes actually, some of the ones out in California and stuff have Double. the split lanes. It's a, I forget what they call it, but it's wild, dude. Like we will push, like we can push like 90 cars through in an hour. Wow. I mean, dude, they're pushing like 120 cars through in an hour. Wow. 30 seconds a car. Yeah. It's crazy. The things that Keynes has like evolved and made better. Like you think having the first window, the pay window, um, is like it makes things faster, right? Because so one person's ordering, mm -hmm. one person's at the pay window, one person's picking up their food. Three different things are happening at once. Well, we actually found out that that actually slows things down with those double barrel. Like it's actually faster just to pay and pick up all at the second window because really? for whatever reason you can just put because you can fit more cars in the lane that way. Okay. Like if somebody's taking forever to pay, you can only fit a few cars in the lane. Right. Whereas if they're at the second window paying, you can fit two more cars in the lane or whatever. So okay. they figured out these little things. Like there's little like they needed to add a extra rack on uh boards where we set up our food at just to put a uh put the toasts because it takes up too much room on boards because you have to have all these boxes set out because oh, how dang. busy it is i mean they've thought of everything to just streamline yeah, streamline as as possible yeah it's crazy um what's a couple other interview questions that you asked by the way Normally. um yeah so let's see putting me on the spot i'm putting trying to think spot. i'm interviewing you <laughs> yeah so well first thing is I, this is probably the biggest one because I want to know what your expectations are. I always ask why Canes, mm. why you want to work at Canes. And if they don't tell me they want to work at Canes because of some aspect that is actually at Canes, I'm like, they don't really want to work at Canes. They're yeah. just looking for a job. job and that doesn't disqualify you or whatever. But like, if you can point out an aspect <clears throat> of working at Canes, that means you probably have that aspect. Like that's probably something that's important to you. So like the people that are like, everyone, anytime I come through, whether it's late at night or whatever, everyone's always smiling. I'm like, yes, they are. And that means you probably want to work at a place where everybody's smiling too, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's having a good time. So if you can point something out that I know is an aspect of my crew or my, the workplace, um, you know, the food is always perfect. Like there's nothing ever wrong, which isn't true. I understand <laughs> people are probably listening like, no, I was you missing my toast wrong. last time. Like, yeah, I actually that went to one Canes, not, not saying it was my Canes. No, so. it wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> I went to a, actually two different. No, no, no. Okay. I'm getting confused. It was, it was one Canes that I went to like two or three times. Uh, and, and those two or three times in a row, they always forgot to give me the extra sauce that I ordered, which is really the worst. Yeah, no, that's yeah. When you have to like barely dip your fry. Yeah. Cause you like want to conserve. Yeah, I got to conserve. If I have to conserve cane sauce is not, I'm yeah, not happy. It's, it's yeah. Why well, go to canes if you have to conserve? Exactly. Like that's, if that's your cheat meal, dude, are you going to, you better cheat. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, if they're like food's always part of that, that's something that's important to them and hopefully it'll show out, you mm -hmm. know? So that's definitely a question that I'll ask everybody. Like why Canes? Um, how many interviews do you think you've done? 
<clears throat> I've been interviewing for, I didn't interview while I was a shift manager until like the last few months. So I've been interviewing for like maybe 11 years. Uh-huh. I don't know, 5,000. 5,000? Yeah, we do a lot of interviews. Now I will say this, in Central, we do a lot, I do a lot less. My, my hire rate is a lot higher. I think it's because I've adapted my phone interview process a little better. And so like, I'm okay, not counting right. the, I wasn't thinking about, so. Yeah, so quick, like whittling people down. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you. So in 11 years, I probably, it might be a little high. I might do like 300 a year. So right. maybe three thousand. And so you do, so you get applications and you're like, all right, I'm gonna get call these people. Yeah. You call them and it's like what, like two minute, three minute on the phone Quick. thing. Yeah. yeah. And then and you, sometimes it's shorter than that. Really. Like sometimes I'll just be like, okay, cool. Well, I was we were doing some phone screens. Um, and you know, uh, we'll call you back if we decide to set up an interview. Yeah. I just wanted to get through the process, right, you know. Right. But it's like, dude, there ain't no way you're gonna work at Kings. Right. Like, uh, and then and then the in person interviews are probably like less than ten minutes, probably right. Yeah, and honestly, uh, me and my OM Derek, uh, we talk about this. Like, we know within the first thirty seconds. Really? If I, like, I just like I probably know. Within, there's a few people like I'll interview a little longer and like talk myself into, and they always, you know, they end up being good or whatever. But like normally within the first thirty seconds, like how you present yourself, how you speak mm-hmm. to me, like do you speak to me, like can you speak to people? Right. <laughs> right like yeah, and you, you can it. tell yeah. pretty quick, especially when you've done it a bunch. Yeah. Right. So, I think most people, I think most people that are going to listen to this podcast are around our age. So they, they probably feel the same they thing. They understand yeah. what, yeah. yeah, they understand what you're saying. Um, and then I was also going to ask you, uh, what was it? it? Slipped my mind about interviewing. Oh, I was just going to mention, I, cause I was reminded while you were telling me that I went into the Zachary Canes at one point, like long time. I think you were still working. Had there. to be at least eight months ago because well, we didn't close. <laughs> the, the, oh, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah the, like years ago, and right. uh, and uh, interview with Sean. Yeah, I remember. I, remember that. I was like, yeah, the, I did, but I don't really remember anything about that. The interview with him. But yeah. Anyways, um, cool. Okay, so can we, let's talk about like the like restaurant logistics stuff because mm-hmm. I want to know, like. Uh, and whatever is proprietary, just say yeah. it's proprietary. So I want to know how the sauce is made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, want to know basically like the process of. Um, uh, all right. Well, let's just start with like the actual order. So mm-hmm. like how the normal food is prepped and packaged and sent out and all. Oh, and I will say really quickly, we can come back to this af- in a little bit maybe. But you're talking about like how Canes, everybody's smiling and you got to yeah, know yeah. how to talk to people and stuff. It's. Un, it's like actually unbelievable. It's not unbelievable. It's ridiculous <laughs> how big of a difference it makes whenever someone is like says thank you and smiles whenever they're taking your money and handing you your food compared yeah. to when they don't. Because like if I go through like McDonald's or like some other place, McDonald's mainly, uh, that I get like food and and they're like not smile. They don't say anything. They yeah, just like yeah, take just, your money and then they just like hand you your food. It's like like is this food? Did you spit in this food or no? Like, and it's not even that. It's like oh, I could actually see a robot taking your place. Yeah, and right? that too. That's so true. Cause, I because because like, they're a here? robot, right? Yeah. Like, why and I, t- I tell my crew members, I'm like, we we aren't robots. Like I want you to bring your personality to it. Like if you're a quirky person, like be quirky with a customer. They might not necessarily think it's funny or even get it. Like they probably won't get it because yeah. most customers are just like in the zone. Yeah. It's funny how like you'll repeat back in order because we repeat back every single, every order. single order and then they get to the window and they're like, this isn't what I wanted. I'm just like, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> you weren't listening, but that's okay. We'll get it right. Yeah. You know? um, I do, <laughs> I do want to go into like, 
annoying customers and things like that. But oh, all right, I, so tell me about <laughs> all right, so so you uh, so why are you coming in two or, two hours before the restaurant opens? Like how do y'all? Yeah, get so the food we have ready? some just general it's fresh, things. never frozen, right? So yeah, that so, is actually true. For, yeah, oh, one hundred percent. Fries is the only thing frozen, um, <laughs> which you wouldn't want not frozen fries. Um, <laughs> anyway, so cleaning is a big thing. So we come in, we do a lot of our cleaning before, especially outside cleaning, um, the, uh, inside a, the fryers. This is a quick of, one for you. Probably yeah. does a night crew clean for you in the morning or you have the to night also... crew gets the restaurant, like everything's wiped down, everything's oh, okay. ready to go. And that's a standard practice at restaurants in okay, general, okay, um, yeah. like full service, anything like everything is put away, you know, ready to go. Okay. Um, so in the morning we do like a lot of our deeper cleaning, like dusting ceilings, you oh, know, okay. cleaning under tables that people leave their gum under tables right. or to, um, you know, inside of fryers. Cause those fryers, you know, with too much buildup, like the chicken will literally start tasting different. Right. Mm. And, um, you know, also we throw trucks in the morning. So like we get overnight trucks, so we'll throw mm -hmm. a truck in the morning and that's, you know, that takes an hour to do with two people or 45 minutes to do with two people. There's also, we have to, we make our lemonade fresh every day. Mm -hmm. We make our coleslaw fresh every day. We marinate our chicken fresh every day. Right. So there's things that we do and we pump cane sauce every day. Um, that's why you have to pay 32 cents for the extra cane sauce, right? It because it's made mixed or do you mix it? No, we mix it, it in. Yeah. Okay. We mix it in house and pump it in house. Um, I mean, we make it in 50 pound batches, yeah, right? So yeah. it's this huge batch that we pump out. And so <clears throat> I was thinking you might ask me how many cane sauces you think I've pumped in my life. How, and how many have you? I, a it's, it's <laughs> it, I, without a doubt, it's in the millions. Is and I like, know mil I get it. Million is a big number. It's a lot. It is in the millions, like easily. What uh, What is the actual? So you you y'all mix it in the big fifty gallon things, yeah. and then it's like a hand pump. You're pumping into mm -hmm. the little things, into the individual. Is things. it like one pump? Like yeah, one pump. pre measured. And actually, one it's pump. funny. We used to use a pump that it was like a pump and a half filled oh, it up, gosh. and. And I would always be like, why do we not have a pump that's just one pump? I yeah. don't understand. And then we have a, a, a part of our RSO that's uh, like total quality, like mm -hmm. that is a re more recent thing. As we've grown, we've added this, mm -hmm. this area or whatever. And one of the first things they did was get a pump that's one pump. And it's like, y'all are amazing. Finally. Thank y'all. <laughs> Actually, Clint, it, Clint Penfield is over that now. Okay. He, he kind of moved up in the ranks. But so it's like, you know, I mean, um, they... Yeah. So anyways, we do prep, um, in the morning and we do a lot of cleaning in the morning, throw the truck, get the restaurant ready to roll by 10 AM when we're, when we're opening. So um, are you cooking food before 10? No, we cook. So, I mean, it depends on sale on, uh, you know, volume, yeah. customer flow, whatever. But I mean, really so if I'm at the drive through at like 10 AM, most you're getting, likely you're cooking it's going to it. take you six minutes because okay. we're going to cook the food when you order it. Interesting. Because it, it like our food, I mean, it's not going to sit for more than five minutes without us tossing it. Right. So oh, we have really? to be, okay. yeah. So we have to be on the ball. Right. Okay. I mean, yeah. This is what even I'm, this when is it's, stuff yeah. So even when it's busy, I mean, you know, you have an idea like, okay, each car is going to order, you know, maybe seven fingers, eight fingers, you know, at, at, at dinner time, it might be closer to like 12 fingers, right? Like it's bigger family orders at night. Right. So it's like, you have an idea if we're wrapped around the building out into the street. Okay. Well, if the chicken takes X amount of time to cook, I'm probably going to sell this amount of chicken in that amount of time. So every three minutes we need to drop 40 fingers or whatever it is. And so it's, it's almost Damn. a math equation, right? Yeah. And so, all right. So give me some context. You, how many fingers can you cook at one time? 
So we're not supposed to drop. Actually, we're not supposed to put more than 35 fingers in the basket. Uh, okay. Sorry. If Lauren, if you're listening, that's our RPS assessor, our, uh, our assessor. If, hey, uh, if they don't catch you, you're not doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if uh, actually Lauren came with me to Lake Charles and beasted out on boards. Oh, so yeah. I, she got my respect because I was like, oh, so you can still do like this. <laughs> nice. She was actually a crew member at the central location oh, before nice. she was an RPS assessor. Okay. So um, anyways. So, so you're supposed to, not supposed to do more than 35 at a time. Yeah, but we'll drop 35, 40 fingers at a time. And it takes and, six minutes to And cook. just cruise. Now, when the lobby is open, which oh, our right. lobby isn't open right now, right. that can be a huge variance, right? I mean, because we go from having five cars that can fit from the speaker to the second window to having five cars plus however many are back waiting, mm -hmm. plus we could have six families order up front, you know, mm -hmm. if, if they all come in at the same time, right? So there could be, instead of having 40 fingers on board, you could go from having 40 to like 130, wow. right? So that that really changes things. And that's why right now, like our drive-through times are so fast right now mm -hmm. because like all we're doing is just drive-through. Right. So people that are coming in, if y'all if y'all are familiar, like if y'all are coming in and waiting in a long line, that thing's moving the whole time. And, yeah. you know, y'all probably think it's going slow, but that we're humming, right? Right. So, but that's just cause there's 30 people in the line. Right. Yeah. Whereas normally you could come inside and be real quick or whatever. So, um, yeah, the variance would be a lot bigger when you have the inside open versus, you know, like for after a football game, a high school football game, mm. the whole football team, all the cheerleaders and all the students come in, dude, we might have 400 fingers on board. Dang. Right. Cause everybody's just ordering and we're just like, I mean, th those nights are actually really fun. Like, I'll go up. Me and Derek usually work those nights, my OM, and we just, like, we're bouncers. You know, it's fun. <laughs> we're like, we're like, Eric, Eric. Just sorry if I, that was probably loud. I didn't realize I screamed in the mic. But, you know, and they're not listening, and we're kind of paying attention when people are ordering what their name is and stuff and yeah. pushing food. And we'll, like, walk out and be like, uh, hey, since you weren't listening, you know, the high school kids will kind of mess with them, be like, hey, since you weren't listening, here's your food or whatever, you know, I always have a good time with them. And then we always end up having extra, extra food after it's all over on those nights. Right. And we'll be like, hey, who wants an extra three finger and like oh, just nice. give out food because we would cool. throw it away or whatever yeah. anyways. Because basically we close at 11, but we, those games, sometimes they'll come in and they'll be there until like, we just keep taking orders until everybody's done. So we cool. close a little later. Yeah. Um, but uh so just on that one night, people are still ordering. So we end up, we might have extra food or whatever. It's always fun. But we mess with all the high school kids, you know, because they, <laughs> I mean, you remember what it's like to be a high school yeah, kid. You're going to be yeah. young and dumb or high whatever. High schoolers but, are so dumb. But those so nights dumb. are fun, though, because like we just, I remember, me and Derek both, we remember what it's like to be a high school kid, yeah. you know, we're just, and I would have loved for like somebody to free mess food. with me like yeah, that. And oh, yeah, free, free food. food. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. Especially the football players, they just yeah. sweat it out, probably two gallons of uh, sweat, you know, or whatever. So. But um, I forget what we were talking about. But oh, uh, this like so they, it takes six minutes to cook a chicken finger. Yeah. Well, then, from when you get like when you grab the chicken. Yeah. To when it's done cooking. Yeah. To where you can put it in a box. To, yeah. yeah. Um, and then so and then the fries and toast is that you have a little more those can sit a little longer. How no, actually that? less. The oh, the wow. fries. Um, so if it's if you have chicken and it's he, the guy plops it out, it's done and ready. Mm -hmm. If it sits there for more than five minutes, you throw it away. Yeah. Okay. And then what? And then the toast and stuff. How do you prepare all that that stuff? Because you the can do, toast is almost strictly to order because it only takes you know it takes a lot less time. Are they um, already like buttered and stuff? No, or? we butter it as a go. Like oh, okay. we, it, it comes in a loaf and we break it apart and butter. It. So, um, but yeah, the toast and the fries they take less time to cook. So we we're a little bit closer to okay. instead of having you know enough for like the next eight cars, we might only have enough for like what's in the drive. Interesting. And then, so unlike know. McDonald's where they're just dumping fries and leaving. I don't know how McDonald's. Until works. I don't want to. <laughs> 
I don't want to. It's okay. We can disparage McDonald's. It's fine. <laughs> Everyone knows Canes is the best fast food. And if they don't know that, as I've said on this podcast, before, oh, there's some good fast food. You should turn you off to, this podcast yeah. if you don't agree. That right you ever now. been to Five Guys, dude? <laughs> five Guys is pretty good. Yeah, Five Guys is pretty good. Um, uh, Chick Fil A is good too. Yeah, Chick Fil A is great. Chick Fil A has the service and the quality there. The, yeah, like very. And they're open for breakfast, which and breakfast. I always tell people, dude, we we're, can't compete. We're gonna get. We got. We got to talk about that too. <laughs> we can't. We can't compete with their breakfast, dude. They they kill us at breakfast. Well, they aren't even doing because <laughs> we don't do breakfast. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll say that with impunity. They yeah. definitely. Uh, um, and the dessert too. They, yeah, they, they kill the you dessert. on desserts. Yeah, too, also, it, as your dad is is often uh, reminding me that we don't have dessert. Right. I'm like, ah, oh, there's usually somewhere to get dessert somewhere around the canes. <laughs> right. Um. Okay. So you have all right. So all right. That's also we got how the food works. The, mm-hmm. the sauce is all pretty done in the morning and pumped, and you just grab it and or get throughout it. the day. But yeah, I and mean, that's some of the stuff that we would do. Coleslaw is like mixed yeah, uh, every at the beginning of the day, yeah. and you have them, and then lemonade and teas all made. Um what is the so you have like and in terms of like logistics and stuff you have just give me i guess we'll do the drive through since that's what's happening at the moment so how many people are working let's say like on friday lunch evening time yeah so obviously that depends on you know we have like labor targets or whatever so it what's depends a la- what do you mean labor targets like based on your sales how much money you can spend on or got it how okay. many hours you can spend your budget not, on not, how many people you yeah, can have right yeah exactly it doesn't go on dollars so but anyways, and that's a common practice for uh, full service, especially is to go on hours um, per customer, basically. So, um, so you have a certain amount. But if it's like, okay, I'll preface this by saying, like, you know, I keep talking about those canes in California that are yeah, so yeah. busy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to go to one one day, but <laughs> although the canes in Lake Charles was just as busy as any of those yeah. for the you know eight hours that we were open the other day, so they can have up to like twenty two crew members on. on one shift and they'll be down to like little things like there's one person that just cleans the lobby like one person Mm -hmm. just handing out food in the lobby you know one person just checking food and drive through to make sure it's the right thing like that's all they do they stand there and bag food right so i mean it can really get down to really specific things they might have two people on prepping because you there's no way to prep all that food in the morning right like you got to be doing it throughout the day so but at at, in central you know we'd have nine to eleven people on depending on okay especially once the lobby's open but uh i mean you have somebody in drive through making drinks somebody in drive through taking orders somebody in drive through handing out food one person at the first window cashing people out um who takes the uh, who registers the order whenever you pull it to the window one of the people in uh in drive through uh would okay take so the order. one so of like she four would, people that per- i say she she or he would be dedicated to um, taking orders and that's, and obviously like everybody, like I said, like we're big on teamwork. So like, if you need to restock tea, like that person isn't immune to restocking tea, right. Just because they're taking orders. Like we try to get you to a point where you can multitask, right? Like that's a big thing at Canes being able to do more thing, more than one thing at once. Um, you know, and I mean, all of our crew can do that, you know, like it, it takes time, but you know, you get to be really good to where you can like, Maybe it's a little slower and there's only two people in the drive through. So like the person ordering and the person or the person handing out food and the person taking orders might have to help make drinks as well. Mm-hmm. You know, or they would kind of tag team that mm-hmm. or the manager might bump bounce over there and like fix that bottleneck where it's like, you know, things are kind of bad right here. And then you go put out a fire in the kitchen. Not, not literally, <laughs> but you know, maybe, uh, you got to set up a whole bunch of boxes. What's on board, you yeah. know, on board so that the person can put food in the boxes. And then you go up front to handle a, you know, customer's Caniac club card isn't working or whatever. So the manager be bouncing around, but the crew members have, 
they have specific roles, but also like secondary and tertiary roles, right? Yeah. Where they would also take care of other things as well. So it's pretty much set. Like when you come into work, you the manager tells you where you're going to work. And then you pretty much stay there for the most part. So actually something. on the schedule, you know, three weeks okay. out, we write our schedules three weeks out. Like I, when so I write know, my schedule, I, be I put through. this person on toast. Like you're working toast on this day. And like, look, I mean, we have so many good crew members. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like if you want, if, if you're tired of the just cashing people out yeah, all day yeah, in, yeah. in the first window, like I was going to say, what's the worst, around. what's the worst role? <laughs> okay. So it would be different for me. Like, I, cause I've never been a crew member for Kane. So oh, that's right. So I'm not used to just being in a, in a, in a, in a, in a spot. Yeah. Right. So like I, I would, I would go stir crazy if I had to just sit in one spot all day. Um, but for me, the worst position would be probably the first window because you're back there by yourself mm. and obviously you can talk to customers, but like all you're doing is just taking money, repeating orders, mm. taking money, you know, handing back change. And that person does sometimes take orders, but not always. At the busier restaurants, there might be a second person in the hole okay. taking orders back there okay. with the dope because there's the two drive through right. lanes or whatever. But yeah, no, not at, not at ours. Do, and every, does everybody wear a headset? Uh, we have five headsets, so not okay. everybody, but the everybody, manager would have one on and but everybody, everybody drive through. Yeah. Would. And everybody with a headset hears all the orders. Yeah. So and we can talk on, to each other and make fun of, of oh, I'm just kidding. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always wondered. Like, cause you're the manager. I'm sure you have a headset on the whole time. Yeah. So like every time I come through you, you will like hear me ordering Yeah. or like yeah. people, you know, or something like something. Yeah. Like. And I will catch like somebody sounds familiar. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I bet that's uh like chase or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I bet that's, you know, uh, somebody okay. from church. Okay, cool. Um, sweet. Okay. And so then the, um, so like, what was I going to ask you about the, um, Oh, what are your, uh, target times for a car in the drive through? So, uh, hmm, it's kind of different at different restaurants. Um, there's certain restaurants that their times are just going to be higher. Like whether it's, uh, the order size mm. or the customer base, like, you know, maybe people have more like specialty orders at one restaurant versus another for whatever reason. Right. So, um, at in in central at, at our location like if we can run like a two minute 15 second time like mm -hmm. that's a that's a good during the day during lunch maybe like a two minute average and during the evening maybe like a 225 something like that okay and that's counting from when you pull up to the speaker to when you pull out a drive-through so it doesn't count right. when you get in line right, so right, right. Uh, a lot of people don't know that they're like man i waited 18 minutes for canes like that's not how we look at it like yeah you waited 18 minutes no doubt because you were in the very back of the line that was into the street right um, but we measure cause like realistically, like where we don't know where that line's going to end at any point. So like we have to have a staple of where we count people. That's why we're kind of switching away from drive through times and more to, uh, customer flow, which is how many cars you can push out in an hour. Okay. That kind of gives a better idea of yeah. not how long people waited, but was that line moving yeah. good? So that makes sense. Yeah. And it's a cool, uh, <laughs> I, I would, that's one of those things like people get paid more money than me to think of those kind of right. things and it, it makes more sense, right? <laughs> Analyze the numbers. Yeah, and all exactly. That stuff. <clears throat> um, okay. I, we've like talked about canes for, I, at least there's so many other things I wanted to talk yeah, about. Yeah. But we've been talking about canes, which is not a bad thing. Uh, we talked everything. But that's this podcast might canes. be like super long, which is totally, again. Yeah, I'm good with it. It's totally fine. Um, it's like one o'clock. Yeah, it's one o'clock on the yeah. dot. Um, and plus we had some delays. Yeah. No and Because uh, I forgot my keys. Uh, this morning and we had to drive to another location. Um, 
So, all right. So as the MP or what is it? Restaurant partner now? Yeah. RP. As the yeah. RP, you, uh, you're managing basically everything at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then, then Kane's corporate has like oversight, right? Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So you're, are you like, is there anything auto, is there anything that's automated that you don't have to do in terms of like, are you calling in and saying we need 10 pounds or a hundred pounds of chicken on Tuesday? Yeah, like we would do truck like, orders. Yeah. That, yeah. So that you're doing all that stuff. Level. Yeah. Okay. So they're, so they're, so they like some, some cleaning things are automated. Like when we get our lot pressure washed, like yeah. we do some of that, like the drive through lane and stuff, but the whole lot, like that would be just somebody shows some, up. Yeah. Like they and like lawn maintenance scheduled. and stuff. They just have that shit up. Yeah. Well, once like a bath, week. Cleaning bathrooms. The crew does that. Yeah. Crew would do that. Yeah. And then, uh, okay. And then the logistical stuff, like ordering the food and having enough supplies and all that you, you're doing mm-hmm. all that stuff. Making schedules. Yeah. Okay. That and that's based, you, that's pretty much based on like historical like what you need and planning for yeah i mean we uh, you know i write a forecast each week what i think is going to come up um and write a schedule based on that and i can adjust inventory based on that um i'm very lucky in central that i mean it is almost the same sale like unless there's a football game and i know that's coming right like it's there's a schedule all there right now it's like i can hopefully (laughs) there's a thing they're saying that they're going to start football but um you know that and it'll be like kind of quick like october or whatever would be the first game but anyways um yeah so i would write a forecast and adjust things based off of that okay Uh, um okay cool and then so you're um i'm trying to think of like the other logistical questions i was uh curious about how much or how many days a week are you working? And then how many, uh, what like breakdown of your time is out there doing food stuff versus like in the office doing admin stuff? Yeah, it really, a lot of that depends on my management team at the time. Like right now I have a really strong management team. I would say that if I didn't, but I do (laughs) actually right now. And like what, like if they want to develop, I'm going to take things off of my plate and my my role the, and give it to them, my role there turns more into follow-up versus actually doing it. So I might give one manager um, control over our inventory, not of food, but of like our smallware. So like buckets and mops and, you know, brooms and, mm-hmm. you know, all those kind of things, mm-hmm. uh, salt shakers and, you know, that all that. I might give another one, you know, control over like the restaurant image, which is our cleaning program. Right. So like they would have they would follow up with crew members and do and basically my role would turn into follow up there. Um, Normally, when I get like a new OM, I would I would kind of go over schedules a little bit with them and then let them write schedules for a little bit. And then I normally I'll take over schedules, but I give them experience with the schedules. So yeah. and like once they're competent, you know, I kind of take those things off their plates and give them new things, you know. So but anyways, I I work on a normal week, which right now isn't normal because like we leave, you know, like I can't. This is a whole nother can that maybe we <laughs> don't have time to get into or whatever. But right now, because of COVID, our blocks, we're on block scheduling. So like one block can't work with another block. Mm, and okay. also one block like like so if B block comes in for the night shift and a block work the morning a block has to be gone before b block can come in so normally for other people that are restaurant um salaried restaurant people you know like 
so when the block change happens right now, we leave at 345. Well, normally I wouldn't leave till like six, right? Because there's just like, I need to get stuff done, yeah. right? So now some of that's done at home. Some, a little bit more of it's done on shift, which is a little, I hate that because I'm an operator, dude. Like I want to be on the shift, like yeah. kissing babies, <laughs> handing out food. Well, not right now, kissing babies, but because I would, you know, that'd be dangerous. Um, but like, you know, talking to people, handing out food, like making sure every box is like, you know, I'm move the fork and put it in perfectly right spot. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's what, that's what, like, that's what my job is. Like, that's what I want to do. Right. But a big part of my job is writing schedules, setting up interviews, sitting down with crew members. Where's your development at? Do you want to develop more? You know, we do evals to crew members every six months, you know, like in uh, managers writing those evals, like making sure people are where they need to be in their training, you know? So a lot of that I would do normally from like four when the shift ends mm -hmm. to six, but mm -hmm. right now I can't overlap with the other blocks, so I have to leave so at like, four. So at like three forty-five, like everyone in the restaurant leaves and and new people walk yeah, in. Yeah, it's like a shift change basically. So like that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Um, it, and it it is it's weird from the sense of like, dude, there's a lot of most of our crew members are like family, like, and I that's like such a cliche, <laughs> but like they like being around each other and on these blocks, like there, there's half the crew that they're not around. Right. Yeah. And so it's, I think it's been a little frustrating, not frustrating, but it's been tough for them. Like all their friends that they're used to working with and, you know, right. kind of having fun with or whatever, they're like, they can't even work with those people right, right now. So, but that's one thing that Keynes has done that has been successful during all this stuff is like, it keeps, say somebody does get COVID for whatever reason, it, it, you literally, there's half the crew that will never come in contact with that person. So mm -hmm. we've like kind of say, uh, like, um, separated, mm -hmm. um, that and made it not be as big of an issue as it could be. You mm -hmm. know, so cool. What other stuff, um, have they like done for, for the coronavirus thing that you think was like, cause I've seen a few like news articles, like they shut down the downtown one and all. That, yeah. That so like inside of shutdown, inside of shutdown, yeah. um, you know, uh, Todd's about to start a show, a TV show. Too, yeah, yeah. With, uh, where he's going to help people that were like restaurants that were affected by the cool coronavirus closing, cool, help them yeah. get back open. Cause he's dude, Todd, Todd's an awesome guy, man. Like, I know, like maybe I'm drinking the Kool Aid or whatever. Like uh, you're so convinced. Yeah, yeah. but no, I mean he's just he's a good guy. Like I, I mean, well you've like vacationed with him, right? Yeah, I mean the GMs <laughs> will go. They take the GMs. Another great to benefit like a resort for, or whatever. That yeah, does for neat. employees. And Actually, so yeah, I guess I can share this. Like we, the GMs were supposed to go on a trip. I don't know if you remember. Right, those. I do. Yeah. Literally the the day yeah. that the first case happened in Seattle. Remember the very first case in, okay. in America was in Seattle. Yep. If I'm getting that right. And they decided to cancel the whole trip. The day of, like we were waking up the next morning to get Yo, on planes and go. That's crazy. And so like while we were like all oh, fresh, like really? Like we're not yeah. going to go because of this? Like it ended up kind of maybe being a good call, <laughs> you know? Guess, well, yeah. well. Because at the beginning, everyone was scared. Like everyone, well, for sure. and yeah, yeah. I was worried. Like yeah, I have yeah. my oldest son has like slight, slight asthma. And I was like, you know, you're starting to read all these things. Like, oh, people with asthma like are yeah, dying. Like, right. dude, they don't have a chance. <laughs> you like, get it, you're dead. Yeah, exactly. And so at the time, it was a tough call. Like I wouldn't have wanted to make that call, right. dude. Like all these like 400 and, you know, well, plus spouses. So it was like 800 <laughs> people that were about to go to this resort, yeah. you know, just like <laughs> living it up for four days or whatever. Um, and it was like, actually you have to open tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, no, back to work. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, which is why was... you're ready to go on the beach trip in a couple of weeks. Oh my gosh. I know. Cause you I didn't get wait. to go. I need, to the yeah. Caribbean. I haven't taken PTO since this all started. So yeah, it's like, yeah, let's yeah. go, let's go. 
But I just felt like I need to be in the restaurant though, you know, like people need to see me in the restaurant. Cause it was like, it was some trying times, you know, like right. there was people whose parents didn't want them to work and I, which I totally understand and right. understood right at the beginning, you know, like, um, they, I just felt like me and Derek both there, you know, I, Derek's like my right hand man. Um, you know, we make almost every decision with the, at the restaurant. I run it by him cause he's a smart guy. But, um, you know, we both like, we, we were both like, yeah, we're not taking PTO right now. And it was just an understood thing, you yeah. know, and we worked out our three days off here and there, you know, try to make something happen three days in a row or whatever, just to get a breather, you know, but it was like, you know, we were, we were working, you know? Yeah. Um, what, why, by the way, did you need more employees now than when the lobby was closed? Uh, because there's less I mean, available. So, so there's less availability, like, okay. So with 42 people say like there's a Tuesday night shift, right? If I can choose from 42 people, maybe 30 of those people have availability, right? Mm -hmm. On Tuesday night versus if I split the crew in half and there's only 21 people that can work that, that shift, Got there's it. a whole lot less okay. flexibility, right? which it. during the summer, it wasn't that bad because everybody just wanted to work because yeah. that's when it all started, right? Yeah. Uh, it was during the summer, but now that school's kicked in, it's like, right. well, I have, you know, maybe 18 people that can work a day shift during the week, you know, because everybody's right. in high school or right. whatever. So it's, <laughs> okay. you know, it's different. Um, okay. A couple more Canes things. And okay. then I want to talk about other stuff too, but everybody's like, Oh my God, enough Canes. Uh, no, there's never, it's never enough Canes. Let's be honest. No. Um, okay. So people that are, um, that you are, you mentioned a minute ago, like do more like people management and things. I heard that, um, you might not know him, but there's a guy, Kenny, who runs a marketing company about Rouge, and they've done some work for Canes. 368 is the company. Oh, okay, yeah. And no, so I'm they've done sure. some work for Canes and stuff, and I think actually they might have contributed heavily a few years ago because they were like a presentation company. Oh, And so cool. they helped Canes do it. They've helped them do a lot of their presentation. Our presentation, like the platform that we use, changed a lot, maybe three or four years maybe ago. So, so that's probably what it was. So, yeah. but he, so I just heard him randomly. I'm going to try to get him on here too at some point. But I just heard him randomly talking about things and blah, blah, blah. But he said Canes is a uh, leadership company. Oh, God, I'm screwing it up. A leadership company company disguised as a chicken finger company yeah for sure um so and the, a lot of the stuff that you've said like so far to me kind of like verifies mm -hmm. his thinking on it and pro and what todd has envisioned for it but i'm curious to know a little bit more about like the meetings that you're doing with the crew members and like the leadership development mm -hmm. for them and the shift managers and like moving people up and yeah training them and stuff how much of that is uh is like guided from corporate like handed to you and like this type like the structure how much of it is it given to you versus how much you are, are just kind of I guess sharing what you've gone through your experience with your crew members to move them up and develop, yeah. develop them. Right. So I would say I've had a lot of success with like developing people in the <clears> sense <throat> of like promoting them, but I don't, I don't, I don't like to just say like, this is how many people I promoted. So I'm good at developing. That's not because like I said, I told you, and I firmly believe this, it is not a career for 98% of the people that work for me. Mm. And I understand that I'm good with that. Like, I understand you are, <laughs> you're using me for a paycheck. Right. And like, there's more to it than that. That's at its very base. And I completely understand that. Right. But I feel like my job or maybe it's not my job. Maybe I go like a little <laughs> bit further on this, but like, I think that you should get something out of this. You should be a better employee to your next place that you work because you worked for Canes mm -hmm. or for me, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And because I get it, like not like 99.8% of the people that work for me aren't going to be an MP at Canes one day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have one, you know, Matt Huff, yeah, who Huff did Daddy. work for me as a crew member. And I think he's the only one that's an MP right now. I have a few others that have been oh, like, that are OMs and maybe RP. One, he's an RP. RP. Right. <laughs> uh, he just finished class last year. This is his first year. So props where is he at right now? Segan. Okay. Yeah. So he's a daddy. Huff daddy. Yeah, that's right. So, but anyways, so he's like the one, right. That's an MP. And I have a few others that a lot that have been shift managers and OMs and, you know, GMs that are working their way. But, um, so anyways, my goal with development is always to make you a better worker or a better employee, if you want to use that. So, um, I would say that development from a position standpoint is all canes. Like they say, like, this is how you become a toast, a, a person that's certified to cook toast. This is how you become a person that's certified to cook chicken. This is how you become a person that's certified to handle cash, right? So, like, that is 100%. We follow the crew guide, right? And th- those people get trained and they learn how to do it. After that, it's almost completely up to the GM how you want to develop people. So, like, I do one thing that I really like, and I haven't been able to do it since COVID started because we can't get people together like that. Mm-hmm. But um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so my trainers and my um, bird specialists, mm-hmm. who most bird specialists are trainers, um, but not all trainers are bird specialists. Bird specialists kind of like the top spot for a crew member. Okay. But all of them, I get them together. And I'll show them like some stuff that like I would have at a manager meeting. Obviously, they're not going to see like sales numbers and things like that, but they're going to see like our customer surveys and they're going to see, you know, like um, this is where we're falling on cleanliness and this is where and I show them the stuff to hopefully empower them and to give them an understanding of like this is why managers are going to ask you to do this. And this is why like the managers like you might think that they're like not doing anything, but they're very busy doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right. And so it empowers those, you know, 40 percent, 30, probably 30 percent of the crew that um, would fall into that category to like be more than just a crew member. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they understand the restaurant business and they're developing. And I'll let them at times, you know, um, like lead a portion of that meeting, especially what, what we call hypo, high potential crew member. If they're about to get if you know, I'm trying to get them promoted, if that's something that they want to do, like you're going to lead a portion of this. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, like you have to be able to speak intelligently to other people right cool. about about something specific that you have you need to have knowledge on right like you can speak to people obviously or else we wouldn't make you a manager but like you have to be able to like have knowledge on something and relay that to someone else mm-hmm. so um that and then with shift managers um more of the development is <clears throat> sean ventura told me this um without getting too much off topic but as you move up in a restaurant or in a in a business right as you move up and have more responsibility, it's basically like your job becomes, all right, as a shift manager, I could keep my hand on this, right? I could keep a handle on organization and good labor while I'm running a shift, right? Well, as an OM, you need to be able to keep your hand on all the things that you did as a shift manager, but now you also need to be able to hire people mm. and interview people and mm. you need to make time to follow up on cleanliness of the restaurant. And once you become a GM, you need to be able to keep your hands on that and also keep your hand on developing your shift managers and developing, you know, so kind of as you move up. So my develop, sorry, my development for shift managers and for an OM would be like, all right, what else can you put on your plate without gotcha. anything else? Fall? Yeah. Like you can't start running bad shifts because you're, uh, you're keeping up with cleanliness yeah. as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you have to still run the best shifts 
and be able to keep up with something else. So their development's a little different in the sense of like, put like, what can you put on your plate? Yeah. You know, like, um, and I have to convince them that like, they're not just taking it off my plate. Right. Like they're, right. they're getting something out of it. Right. Gives them the extra responsibility so they can like take more ownership right. of it. And well, and then I have somebody like Derek who, man, Derek's ready to be promoted. Like that dude's a freaking beast. Like he's going to be an MP one day. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for him, it's like, I try to like almost take things off of his plate sometimes. Cause I'm like, you know, mm -hmm. you don't have to do everything, dude. Like I still like, I give him like, you know, as much freedom as possible because I'm like, it would be disrespectful to like, just put like a harness on this dude. Right. Yeah, like that would yeah. be like, he's earned a spot of like response, like whatever you want to say, he's earned a spot to like have some flexibility, right. Mm -hmm. Like to kind of do what he wants and I'll give him that. Right. Whereas when I have a new OM, it's like really tight leash. Like mm -hmm. you will do what I say, mm -hmm. not to be like a dictator or anything, but like, don't mess up <clears throat> the, the system. Right. Like I run a good restaurant, like it works. You need to, figure out how it works right yeah so it's different but cool um okay let's like shift gears some um i want you to if you're up if you're up to yeah. the challenge yeah. there's something that um you participate in pay attention to that i don't in any way ah yes i'm and wearing the shirt and a, hat right now i think yeah. <laughs> a little bit and uh and there's uh so like, there's a couple other like caleb and there's a guy i work with it's like really into it and like also okay. and i we're talking about the nba and i really like sports and everything i don't really like basketball as in a in general as a sport as yeah. much like a big contributing that. factor is because i'm not very good at it well but, i'm not good at it either <laughs> <laughs> but also it's just not as interesting to me yeah so if you're up to the challenge, I want you to pitch me on why two things, why I should watch the NBA okay, and then why the NBA is better than college basketball. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Let me, all right. I need to soapbox for thir like 90 seconds. Oh, I thought you were going to say 30 minutes. I was like, please no. <laughs> no, no, I can't deal. Not on the NBA 90 for 30 seconds. Minutes. Okay. Yeah. And because you can't understand my basketball take without understanding this. Okay. And I hope everyone gets mad at this. I really do. <laughs> this is, the, before you go, th there's a couple things. There's a couple reasons that you make a lot of people mad. Uh, one, you're an Alabama football fan. Uh, yeah. Well, around people around here are mad, right? right yeah, yeah. yeah. And then two, you're a LeBron fan. Right. Right. And then I think, I think, uh, uh, stemming from both of those is you like to throw that in people's faces. Yeah. A, a contrary little bit. and a little yeah, bit. Okay. Yeah. All yeah, right, yeah, so, yeah. All right. Go ahead. For sure. <laughs> all right. People have to understand this, that there is not an opinion on this. It is fact <laughs> oh, that LeBron James <laughs> is the greatest basketball player to ever play basketball. Okay. Okay. And you also have to understand that in my head, that is a fact. Okay. <laughs> there is not an opinion in it. It is 0% opinion. You can hate the man, and I get it, dude. It's social media. People hate him. It's right? easy to hate him. <laughs> it's, I actually disagree, but I can see where people get it from, right? So yeah, anyways, right, right, right. LeBron James is the GOAT, if you want to use that terminology. And there is not any – there's literally nothing anyone could say to convince me like – I like there's two beliefs that I hold that um, I'm a Christian <laughs> and that Jesus saved God me from is real and, and, LeBron and, James and is that real. LeBron James is the goat. Yeah. So that being said, <clears throat> number one, what I can do to convince you. Right. So I, I don't even need convincing. You have to pair. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, I just need convincing like why I should even spend okay. a brain cell. Watching yes. It. Better way to frame it for sure. Okay. That, that's a better way to frame it. All right. 
there's two parts to this. Number one, you have to, <clears throat> you cannot watch the NBA and be a fan unless you grew up being a fan of, you just love basketball, right? Yeah. Because I don't necessarily love basketball. Okay. But I love the NBA. You have to pair the NBA with NBA Twitter. Okay. That's the only way to watch okay. the NBA. All right. All right. So that leads into, <laughs> this is why people watch the NBA and why you should. It's a soap opera for men. Okay. Okay. The other option is like WWE, right? Yeah, right like right. wrestling. Um, <laughs> Which we've had a little bit of experience yeah. with that. So it is a soap opera for men. They, it is like, it should be called the NPA, is... the National Petty Association. <laughs> okay. And it's great. It's amazing. I'm actually like really happy that this is your pitch because yeah, yeah. this makes me, this is, this is totally, I'm totally fine with this. Yeah. So you follow and, and, and here, here's the other thing, unless you love basketball and you have this one team that you're just like a diehard Celtics fan or whatever, yeah. like you follow players. Like that's how it is. So you follow them on social media, you follow yeah. them in their interviews after games, you follow <laughs> them in their interactions, like how they trash talk other players. And, and, um, you know, uh, to, to piggyback off of my very first point though, I feel like I need to add this too. There's two, you know, with the goat argument, I'm, I forgot to mention this cause I thought you might ask me about basketball. So I planned <laughs> this out. There's, there's, you know, MJ, mm -hmm. which people would say mm -hmm. wrongly. And there's LeBron. Mm -hmm. Okay, the difference between them, and this is why I think it's LeBron. LeBron is a floor raiser. MJ is a ceiling raiser. Okay? MJ is the ultimate ceiling raiser. Like, maybe you could say Steph Curry a little bit too, but, like, MJ is, like, he'll take good to, like, absolute pinnacle, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why people say he's the GOAT, because he was at the pinnacle, right? Like, six titles, uh, uh, six for uh, six and a. Oh. LeBron will take literal like crap <laughs> and take him to the NBA finals. Right. Yeah. And like, he might lose to like four hall of famers, which go back and check every time he's lost the NBA finals outside of the Mavericks, it was four hall of famers on the team. Um, that's a Nick Wright thing though. He's a, another sports guy. So I'm not okay. creating that myself. That's his thing, does. but it's true. Um, anyway, so it's whether you like a ceiling raiser or a floor raiser, I think is where people fall on that. Okay. Thing. All right. So that, that's one of the, speaking of, because that's one of my issues with, and again, I have not watched like a full NBA game in a while, mm -hmm. but the, 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 some, the bit that I have paid attention to, that's what it seems like for the most part that the people who play in the NBA are not trying to maximize their performance of this, of the game, of the sport. Yeah. Like they're, they're, it looks like they're half playing most of the time. They're just kind of, you know, a little and bit. they're really good at what they're doing, obviously. Yeah. But they're, it doesn't seem like they're, whereas football, they're always trying to get faster. Yeah, it's Baseball, 16 games and you can't lose. always trying to throw harder. Yeah. How many games are in? Well, in the NFL, it's oh, the 16 NFL, games. Right. Yeah, you can't lose. Like right. in the NBA, it's 82 games, right. dude. And like literally almost every year, like the eighth seed gets in and they have more losses than they do wins. So I get that that's, side of things. That's crazy right? too. Like I get that side of things. Yeah. Um, but I'll say this, though, like the level of and this is what I like maybe even more than like what I said, the number one reason or whatever. <laughs> but like this is what I like even more about basketball is like the level of athleticism is freakish. Like there's no way a six, eight guy should be able to do that. Yeah. Right. Like <clears throat> the only thing I can compare it to, like the other like level of athlete that I think would compare well to basketball NBA players is like a cornerback in, in football. Okay. Like I think those are probably maybe the most athletic people on the field, right? This like what a, they have to do. Yeah. This is another point and cause you're about to expound, expound more. Yeah. So let me give you my thought contextually so you can tear it apart. <laughs> if you ch take the challenge, maybe I'll agree. Uh, that's the other thing about the NBA is that, 
um, again, I don't, I'm not super into right, it, right. but again, to get in the NBA and I'm going to speak very generally, so you can throw out names that are, that go against the grain, but yeah, yeah. generally speaking to get in the NBA, you have to be big. Yeah. And then, right. And then there, while yes, the NBA athletes are amazing athletes. They, it seems like in their sport, they have a huge advantage over other people. Five eleven guy or whatever, yeah. Like whereas like, you know, whereas like a baseball player, your size helps, but there's a lot of things that you can do in yeah, professional yeah. baseball that you don't have to be big. Yeah, or like if football, you weren't born if you weren't born six eight, like with LeBron Right. Be able to play I mean, obviously all of the eight. professional athletes that play professional sports yeah. are incredible athletes. But so that's in why basketball I, you have the advantage. So this is why you have to follow NBA Twitter. Okay. Okay. Because all they do, like half of their job is to post their workouts. <laughs> oh, gosh. They have to, they the have players to. just post about the... Okay. Well, no, but it's like um, Ryan Rosillo. Do you know his, I, his I, podcast? I've heard that He's name. a big LSU guy, actually. Okay. So you might... You actually might really like his podcast. He talks about this. He's like, does every... Um, uh, like media person for these bath, like, cause obviously like people, a lot of times people control their media forum or whatever. They're like, he's like, does every media person, like part of their job is to just be like getting faster this summer, this off season, <laughs> like the workouts are intense. Um, but no, all that to say, dude, these, those guys work just as hard, if not hard. Do like, they though? Like, I don't, that's the, this doesn't yeah, okay, so, like, I'm sure they so do. So here's, but... here's something that would, here's something that was though. Okay. I feel like, all right. So those people are like, most of them are like six, let's say like average is like six, six, right? Okay. They're six, six, like 195 pounds. Like, just think about that. Like what you have to do to your body to stay like at That's that true. level. Okay. Right. I'm with you. And also like how much you have to eat to be six, six. And you know, like, so the work that they have to put in and I would say outside of, and I think you probably agree with this outside of hitting a baseball, I think the hardest thing to do in sports is to like have a handle in basketball, like hand, ball dribble, handling, ball handling, right? Which is I how much skill that. and then shooting also like think about, yeah, it's true. so like true. the rim is eight inches wider than the ball. So it's like four inches on each side. Like, dude, if you're shooting that ball from 30 feet away, true, yeah. like good point, how actually difficult is that? And these guys shoot it like 45%, you know, yeah. from, from that distance. So outside of hitting a baseball, I don't think any, that's the single hardest thing to do in sports, hitting a 98 sure. mile an hour fastball, yeah. dude. No one no can, question. like you could go on a basketball court, and hit a 30 foot jump shot mm -hmm. if you shot it 34 not, not times. Not with someone 6'6 six, six in my face, but. Yeah. Right, for sure. Right. But just wide <laughs> open. Like, I don't know if. if you I could, could touch go. it, I, but I okay. couldn't hit it. I couldn't but, hit a base all right, hit let's, let's use somebody like Caleb. Love you, bro. <laughs> you could go and hit <laughs> a 30 foot tough. jump shot. Caleb ain't touching a 98 mile an hour fastball. Right, like, yeah. I'm not touching a 98 mile an hour fastball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not th trying to throw Caleb on a bus. But, like, so that's the hardest <laughs> thing to do in sports. But I would say to get your craft as a basketball player, like these guys that are so like, just the ball is on a string. Like that's like the yeah. saying, right? Mm -hmm. Like, dude, those guys, that's, that's wild. Plus somebody's trying to steal it from me. Somebody bigger and faster and stronger than you is trying to get, you know? So maybe as a counterpoint to my original point is they make it look like they're half playing because they're so good. At because it. they're so good. That's part of it. And, uh, it, there's no point to play like really locks locked in defense outside of the playoffs. I mean, the That's playoffs the are going it's on like, right now. It's like they ignore half the game. They don't yeah. play defense. Yeah. So the playoffs are going right now. I'm telling you, dude, like people go like teams go from scoring 120 a game to scoring like 92 a game. Mm -hmm. Like it just, 
And good offense beats good defense, but like the defense ramps up in the playoffs. Um, and then why it's better in college is the yeah, skill. Yeah. Like people in college skill. aren't skilled. And that's why the defense. Okay. So here's, I hate this argument. Like they try harder. Okay. <laughs> it does the seem reason that way. <laughs> the defense is better is because people aren't as skilled. Yeah. They don't, they like, they're not the re you cannot full court press in the NBA and you can in college because they'll literally just go by you. You cannot full mm -hmm. court press in the NBA because their skill is too good. So, um, yeah, that's why it's better in college, and it's not. That's also not a debate. It's not <laughs> like people that say that, especially when they use the defense argument. Like they try harder, they play better defense. No, it's because the offense sucks. Like yeah, the yeah. offense just isn't good. Like okay. they can't hit a twenty-two footer to save their life. You know. Yeah. So, anyways, cool. All right, I'm. That's my NBA. With that. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. That was that was less painful than I thought it would be. <laughs> and there's a couple elements that I were I was hoping that I was thinking correctly as to why I didn't like it, and it seems that I am. Yeah, the am, the, but... the following them on NBA Twitter, you right. got to have NBA Twitter. Dude. You, you remember the it's uh, a cesspool, but it's a of fun course, cesspool. yeah. Twitter in general is a cesspool. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine the NBA Twitter. Yeah. Um, do you do you remember whenever we uh, went out years ago riding motorcycles and yeah. then. Uh, with Andrew Hart, shout out. Yeah, yeah. And then so. went to Buffalo Wild Wings and, uh -huh. and saw them. Oh my and God, yes. <laughs> I still tell people about that story. <laughs> Me too. Dude, those people were so into wrestling. So we went, sorry, so we were, we were out riding and we went to Buffalo Wild Wings and unbeknownst to us, it was a Sunday like afternoon and apparently that is like the time for well, it was WWE. Like Smackdown. It was like their biggest thing of the year. Oh, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I, I found that know. out later. Okay. So we go into Buffalo Wild Wings and the entire back half of the restaurant, they have wrestling on all the screens and they have pro what was it probably like 30 middle-aged overweight dorky guy okay yeah. i should stop hating on him there was a bunch of guys back there but uh like cheering and getting like oh, were as if we were watching it. lsu football mm -hmm. they were like cheering for wrestling yeah yeah and they were like wearing the the names the t-shirts and so anyway so they were wearing masks and stuff that yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly naturally brain yeah. that was a so that was an interesting experience that we, i walked into and so that's kind of how uh that made me laugh on every because yeah. that's what WWE is. It's a soap opera. Yeah, it's soap and opera. So the NBA, yeah, sure. I guess that that contributes to it too. Yeah, uh, but at least with the NBA, you don't actually know what's going to happen next. Like, right? With the, it is an illegitimate. It is. Exercise. It is one hundred percent scripted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the wrestling yeah, yeah. So. WWE is uh, is totally fake. Yeah. Um. Cool. And so, all right. The, again, we've gone like. Oh, maybe even over. Maybe it's been like two and a half hours. I can't tell because we dude, took. Let's do took the Joe Rogan break. thing and just hit just it at three, like dude. Seven hours. We could take a break and like uh, get, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe not the full Joe Rogan thing. <laughs> um. Anyways, okay. So you do a lot of reading, mm -hmm. which is one thing that's admirable. That I always like. Man, I want to. I want to read more. I should read more. There is a conflict though, because you like reading fiction, which yeah. Even if I've, I did read more, I uh, just like you wouldn't I read fiction. Don't know if I could I've do delved it. into the nonfiction more recently, but yeah. Okay, uh, so I want to talk about that a little bit. Like, okay. what uh, have you always read? And then, all right, so just to the intro, have you always been a reader? Hopefully, the answer is no. Uh, okay, kind of. Uh, you want me to answer? Yeah. Is it? Uh, so growing and up, the, the main well, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. the follow up was. Like, how do you read all the time, basically? Is it a struggle, or do you, like, so really... So, I'll start with this. I don't read nearly as much as I used to right now, here for, for probably, like, the last six months, because, like, I listen <laughs> no, to podcasts. So, oh, okay. I thought so, you were going to reference Yeah, nothing the... changed. Not much changed, but I, I get... I, I still get... But I'll listen to, like, fiction podcasts. Okay. Like, written out yep. drama mm -hmm. podcasts or whatever. So, I like that. Uh, but I'll also listen to, you know, people talk. But anyways, so, I did not always personally read... My mom read to us a lot as kids, um, and 
so I got that, like, I liked stories and mm. she would read nonfiction to us. She would read fiction. Uh, I mean, sorry, she would read fiction to us, but she would read some nonfiction too and stuff, but she would read to us all the times. Like say my sister had like a gymnastics thing. Well, she would read to me in the car while we waited for an hour. Or okay. if I had something, she would read to my sister, you know? So growing up, like I kind of had that. I didn't actually start reading myself until college though. And this I know is, that sounds really that's, intelligent. That's that, Well, that's the perfect answer because now I want to hear how you got into it. Okay, so um, I have one tattoo on my body. It is a Harry Potter tattoo. <laughs> so that's how I got into reading. Yeah. Um, and reading impact, I, I love reading. I love it. Um, and it, it sucks I haven't done it as much recently. Um, I still am reading some, but not nearly as much. But it impacted my life so much that I was like, I, I'm going to get a tattoo. Like, like so that got Harry me Potter into reading. Harry Potter that. got me into reading. Yeah. And I started in college, so it's kind of lame, <laughs> like a kid series or whatever. Although I would say the last couple books are, for those that have read it, y'all would agree. Like, it's very mature mm-hmm. um, concepts. But anyway, so that got me into reading and st- mostly into fiction reading. Like, I love, like, just, I, I would end my night, like, reading for an hour to kind of get sleepy and like kind of just in another world. Right. I would read multiple books at once. Like I would read one, one night, another, another night face. Like, how do you keep up with that? I'm like, I don't know. I just love like getting into this other world, like my imagination, letting it run wild. Right. And, uh, here recently, um, you know, I started, I really got interested in, um, uh, Ancient Roman history, mm-hmm. which I listened to a whole podcast. A shout out Mike Duncan, Ancient uh, Roman History. It is like 180 hours. Or it's probably more than that. It's like 200 something hours of Roman history. And it's it, fantastic. That's the one that you told me about, right? Yeah, I told you about. Yeah, he did like the first episode in like 2007 or something. Yeah, oh, it was a long time ago. So, yeah, it, it, and he actually doesn't do all of Rome. He ends like in like 700 BC or oh, 80, wow. 80, 80. Yeah, the history, the history of Rome, right? So, it, I've been, I've been kind of fascinated yeah. with that. A little scared about how like especially like right around the fall of the Republic and the rise of the empire where like Julius Caesar kind of comes in mm-hmm. is like really looks familiar right now. Yeah. Like it's okay. kind of scary. So, but anyway, so I actually just bought a book and I've been reading it. It's like one of the most like lame books that I've ever bought. It is like 1200 pages about Caesar Augustus. <laughs> um, Dang. I'm sorry, not Caesar Augustus about Julius Caesar. Uh-huh. Uh, Caesar Augustus was after him. Uh, that was Jesus, Jesus's time. Right. So anyways, about Julius Caesar and it is, he is just a fascinating dude. Like the way that like ancient Rome worked, like how his leadership, like, I mean, because he took them from a, a Republic, a democratic Republic, well, a fairly democratic Republic Mm -hmm. to an an empirical reign. Mm -hmm. And the empire was a good thing. I mean, they had bad leaders and like things would suck, especially if you're like Christian, Mm -hmm. but, um, (laughs) you know, like as far as like the, whenever they had good leaders, nothing could touch it. Like Mm -hmm. if they had a good person, Caesar, a good leader, nothing could touch Rome, dude, like nothing, like the way that they did stuff. So anyways, that's been fascinating to me. So I've been reading that. Um, but how I got into reading, I would say my mom read to me a bunch and then just, that's how I like to like chill out at the end of the night Cool, uh, was read for a while, but not as much lately. I've been watching a little bit more TV and a little bit more yeah. podcasts, which kind of sucks a little bit. Yeah. Don't do it. I like, it's, I know. it's so addicting to just I like sit the down podcast, and watch Netflix. Yeah. I, the, the TV, I need to start, I need to, I bought a book for the beach, so I'm kind of excited nice. about that. I got like, I'm in process of like three books that mm-hmm. 
I know that I'm never really probably going to finish, yeah. but I'm hoping to finish like one maybe at, while we're at the beach, uh, on the trip. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, so, all right. So what are some, what are some of your favorite books? But like, obviously Harry Potter, but that's a hard one. Um, so I have, uh, yeah, Harry Potter, the circle trilogy, uh, is something that I read right, almost right after Harry Potter. And it's like, it's actually like a Christian theology, like not theology isn't right. Analogy. Okay. Um, but it's like the names of the books are like green, white, red, black, or something like that. It's four books. Um, Game of Thrones, unfortunately, mm. uh, I say unfortunately because he's still not finished. He's still not finished. He keeps saying he's going to write it, but he doesn't. Um, I, I love, and I'm talking about like fiction here. Um, I love like the Aragon series, uh, but they didn't finish that. Well, he oh, left really? it open and didn't finish. Like he left it open for more and didn't ever go back to it. So that kind of sucks. Dang, all these lazy authors out there. I wish I would have. I wish I would have prepped for this question. I wasn't sure if you didn't ask me that because I have some really good series that I love. I'm trying to think of more. I don't know if I can think of them off the top of my head. You know, it's one that I hated. I got a fourth of the first book into Lord of the Rings. Oh, really? Couldn't get past uh, Tom Bombadil. <laughs> I don't, the, for those that have read Lord of the Rings, y'all would know. Like, the, like half of the first book is this whole thing that like wasn't in the movie. Uh, and it's like this pointless thing that happens. And it's just like, what is going on? I, can't, I couldn't handle <laughs> couldn't it. So I put that down. I'm never going to read it. Stephen Macy will be cursing yeah. you. Oh, yeah. I mean, he read like the Silmarillion and like he like learned how to read the language and stuff. Are you serious? So, oh, wow. yeah. No, he, Stephen loves it. Dang. So good on him, but I can't read Lord of the Rings. So <laughs> uh, okay, so podcast then. Okay. What's some of your, um, yeah, whip out the phone. That's yeah. what Carl did going through his library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I I listen to sports co- podcasts. So for those of you that are into we sports. Should, we should come back to that too. Keep going. Sorry, okay. we should come back to that. Bill Simmons, mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Uh, the NBA ringer and Ryan Rosillo would probably be like kind of my go-tos. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you would like Ryan Rosillo a lot. Like mm-hmm. if you, I don't know if you really listen to sports podcasts. I know you like sports, I but I couldn't add, see yeah. you like really listen to sports podcasts. Um, so those are kind of my sports uh, podcasts. Um, I've liked this new one that I got into, Those Conspiracy Guys. Yes. Listening to, oh, it's insane. Now they're, Sam um, Tripoli. for those of you that care, they are definitely not Christian. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they actually like kind of anti-Christian. So like faith, don't listen that I, <laughs> that I listen to that. Um, and then Binge Mode. Okay, so my favorite binge podcast mode, is Binge yeah. Mode. Absolutely. Bar none. Love Binge Mode. Um, so what all shows have they done on Binge Mode? Game of Thrones, God. Harry Potter. That's the only two I know, actually. Harry Potter, Game of Thrones. Let me get to their... Uh, they did... Actually, they did Star Wars, didn't they? They did Star Wars, which was really good. I think you would like... I've listened to... I've started listening to it. Didn't, oh, uh, gosh. Harry didn't Potter, know. Game of Thrones. Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, and Star Wars were kind of their big ones. Um, anyways... Listen to they did some uh, Avengers stuff. Oh, okay, they've done some TV things. So, but listen to them; they're they're hilarious. Um, also, not a Christian podcast. <laughs> um, there's one that I love called "We're Alive" that is about a zombie apocalypse oh, nice. that takes some turns that you wouldn't expect, and okay. it's really good. So, it's kind of like a fictional one. Um, interestingly enough, there's another one that I like called "Fictional," who he uh, he takes a book like a book that you would read, mm-hmm. like I think he did, um, let's see, he did like Sherlock Holmes, Monte, kind of Monte Cristo, and he breaks down the book for you and explains it. I would and like that's really Monte cool. Cristo, that'd be cool. Yeah, and it's like a four-part great, thing. Great book, great movie. The History of Rome, one of my favorite podcasts. And then one that I started listening to recently, The White Vault, 
is another fiction one mm-hmm. and it's like a little scary, but like, it's, it's pretty good. I like that one a lot. So that's kind of my podcast, uh, right now, but the Joe Rogan is like my, like whenever I don't have anything else, like I'll just listen to Joe Rogan's yeah. thing unless he has like Miley Cyrus on. Or something like that. <laughs> I was just telling uh, Dory that I, I like started that and I'm going to go back like, and come on, Joe, listen to you a little I, bit. I can't do I listened for five minutes. I was like, I can't listen to her, her, her voice. voice. Well, her that's what they started talk. talking. Yeah. About. She talks started, about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm gonna listen to it, but I kind of want to just see it. The, that's the cool thing about like his Joe Rogan's podcast, and also again for the millionth time, sorry, uh, why I wanted to do a podcast is because like you, it's like an excuse to talk to somebody for like a couple hours, yeah, yeah. and then usually they're not like so. A good example like Jamie Fox, mm-hmm. I Jamie Fox, yeah, he, I don't really like him that much. Like, yeah, yeah. But I listened to his hour, 20 minute podcast with Joe Rogan. I was like, I freaking love yeah, Jamie yeah, Foxx. Cool like it was awesome. And just like, I like his podcasts that are about stuff that I like that. That he you can like learn. Like, yeah. Like whenever he has a comedian on a lot of right. times I'll skip those. Same. I'm just like, same. Mm. yeah, same. You know, so stuff that he's not like very good. Yeah. At. All the, like the space, the MMA ones, the space stuff like, and yeah. the physics stuff and yeah. the Elon Musk and like those yeah, I like a lot. Those, so that, that's my show. podcast rundown. Sweet. Yeah. And you listen to a lot of podcasts and, yeah, so especially with these AirPod Plus, uh, oh, yeah. shout out, dude, uh, because you can have it in and have that transparency mode on and like hear everything around you. So, so it's like you're hearing music, but it's like you hear normally also. Yes. Okay. That's it. Yeah, I need to. And I then, to like this. you know, I get my away time, like when I'm cutting grass, yeah. and I got the noise canceling on there, so like I can listen to it for the two and a half hours while I'm cutting grass. Right. You know, we eat going whatever. a little slower on the lawnmower, so you can yeah, listen more. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I always say that's like my alone. That's like my time away from the kids. Right. <laughs> it's like, sorry, Faith, I'm going to cut grass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky me. Uh, sometimes it is good to break away. Yeah. Uh, all right. I don't want to, again, I don't want to take forever, but like, actually quickly, um, the sports radio, sports podcast stuff. That's what I was going to, uh, is it, this could probably be like a two second conversation topic, but uh, but like one of the reasons, um, that I don't listen to the sports podcast yeah. is that it just seen, and I do listen to a lot of like the political mm. podcasts, which is probably a bad perception that I have, but it just seems like the sports podcasts are not really like about anything important and, they the, and the, and the <laughs> politics are, are, are like, you know, Oh, they're affecting like, our, again, I yeah. say this with sarcasm because it, it's probably not really true, but it feels that way. Yeah. So yeah. So is it, is it, is it more of the. Is it more of the dra- the man drama soap opera stuff that gets you into the, that type it's, of thing? Yeah, dude. It's like the third part of the triumvirate, dude. You got to okay. have like the, the sports Twitter yeah. and the sports podcast. And then um, watch the games. Yeah, because you can't have an argument on Twitter if you don't listen to someone else give you your argument on right, the podcast, okay. right? <laughs> so, no, I'm kidding a little bit. But uh, yeah. no, so that's always like the sports podcasts are always when I'm doing something like like and it's like I can zone in and out of it. Okay, yeah. Um, like sometimes if I'm like saying writing schedules at home or something, like I'll put that in because yeah. like maybe I'll listen to 30 seconds of it and then I'm like, all right, who can work on this shift, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but whereas the other podcasts, like I might listen to like when I'm cutting grass or when I'm like, you know, I can like completely zone out what I'm doing and listen, you know, like mm-hmm. driving would be a big one. Yeah. You know, I don't pay any attention while I drive oh, and I just listen not. to podcasts. Yeah. It's just um, an autopilot. Yeah. So that would be kind of my, how I differentiate like waste time versus I'm actually trying to like get entertainment out of it or whatever. <laughs> right. I, uh, I got you. Um, okay. And then you uh, are married for, I guess, nine years. If I've mm-hmm. been married for eight years. Yeah. And you've got three kids. Three kids. Anderson, John Parker and Catherine. Yeah. 
and they're six. Or no, about to be about to be six less and than three, yeah. or six, six and, and four, four yeah. and then Catherine's one. Yeah, so, so let's say six, five, one. five, three, and one. Five, three, and, and one. About okay. to be six, four. Yeah. What, what year, when was Catherine born again? Uh, last, uh, last uh, November. Yeah. No. 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 Um. Oh, oh God. Don't. July. <gasps> well, on the spot. July. July. June, okay. June. July. Okay. So off the boys are in September. Yeah. Okay. So I want. So I want to hear. Like, tell me just a little bit about like what. Faith uh, is going to be so mad at me that I just forgot that <laughs> birthday. <laughs> Terrible husband and father. She's probably, she's probably hollering Alan, at me from the other you, room right now as she's listening. It. Yeah, yeah. She, she probably is. She's actually right now, while she's listening to this podcast, she's actively texting yeah. you. I can't believe you forgot our daughter. And then birthday. she heard you say that and she's like, ah, got him. that chase can't be right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Wow, it's just like God, just got really. Dude, we're meta. in the future right now. So <laughs> yeah, meta. for sure. Speaking of tenant, I watched last night. Oh there's yeah, a lot of future Some of stuff that kind happening. Of stuff. Yeah, oh, man, I need to see it. It's yeah. a mind bender. Okay, all right. So what? Uh, I like. Uh, I don't know. Like, w- what's surprising about having kids? I mean, like you you referenced earlier. We were we all remember back in high school mm-hmm. when we were young and dumb and stuff. And it's like the more, my, like my kids, like almost eight months, mm-hmm. but. It just does, still doesn't even seem real. Yeah. Like, how do I have a human being? Until you have a toddler. It, until they can, like, fully interact with you, it is a little bit. It okay. It is a little bit like, what's, what's some happening of the, right now? What's some of the, like, the, so, like what have you learned? What's, the, like, the biggest lesson you've learned, I guess? Becoming- well, so, I told Faith from the get-go, like, before we were married, I was like, maybe not before we are married, but, like, when we started talking about kids, I was like, I'm going to be a toddler parent. Like, I'm a toddler dad. Like, I just, I'm going, maybe because, like, I'm just really, like, maybe at heart I'm like a child or something, but like I knew that I was going to be able to like relate to them. I know it makes me sound terrible, but like I love, like I love just like the naivety. Naivete. Naivete. Like, yeah, they're just like the naive. Oh, the innocence. The innocence. And the, like I can show them for the first time. Like I'll make like a, like a, potty joke and they're like oh my god that is the best thing i've ever heard <laughs> right awesome, yeah. so like when the first time i i got anderson to uh he started learning letters and how to spell right and i was like spell i cup right <laughs> and he was like i see you and his face got so big he was like oh i see and he just bawled out laughing, dude. Like, so it's that stuff that I'm just like, God, this, I was like born for this. Like, I love being a dad, right? Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. What I've learned is that um, your life changes a lot. Uh, okay, let me preface this by saying that my wife's life has changed 8,000 times more than mine has because she <laughs> is like 10 times the parent that, that I am. But your life changes so much. Like, and, and what that means is like you, your time isn't your time really anymore. And like we, we both work on like having alone time, right? Like with each other, but also like actual alone time. Like Faith went to go get coffee yesterday and like, you know, your parents watch Catherine and I had the boys. And so like it, and like a lot of times at night, like everybody go to bed and I'll get from like nine to 1030 before I go to bed. Like that's my like alone time, like whether I'm reading or watching a TV or, you know, maybe even like I might even like be doing dishes or laundry or something like just like I need time where like mm-hmm. there's not 16 year old children whining at me and there's not five-year-old children <laughs> whining at me. Right. Got it, got Sorry, it. crew members. <laughs> not that any of them would be listening to this, but, um, so, you know, I need that alone time. She needs that alone time. So, but the biggest thing with being a parent, like your time isn't your time anymore. Like, and I, some people, 
it's like that, you know, and like, those aren't good parents, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, but it's like, it, but you don't have a choice in it, right? Like it's their, their time. Like, the, because like kids are like the most like selfish little and yeah. not on purpose. Like that's just, that's just they, they have to be mm-hmm. right. They have to be selfish. They can't fend for themselves. Right. So, um, you know, but I have like three, well, Catherine, I still don't know yet. You know, like mm. you said, like they're, until they can start interacting with you, but like I've like my two boys are like the just best two little kids, right? Like they have their things, but it's just like, ah, they're awesome. Mm. Right. And I know Catherine will be the same way. Right. Like Catherine gives hugs now. Like she started giving hugs where the boys didn't really do that. And I know some boys are more like affectionate than others or whatever, but like the boys didn't really do that. Like Catherine, like when I get up in the morning, she comes to me and she has to give me a hug. Right. <laughs> so like, I don't know. It, it, you know, all the kids are different, but like you, you learn them and you know, they're, they're awesome. Awesome kids. And, but, uh, I have like faith is the best. Like she's just a good mom, dude. Mm-hmm. So that makes my job a little, <laughs> a lot easier, you yeah. know? So anyways, um, so what's some of the, what's like your, uh, future plans? What do you want to do? <sighs> I, I, I think it's probably pretty We're in the house. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think it's probably pretty fair to say that you'll work at Canes for... Yeah, I love it, man. I love Canes. Um, so I kind of told you a little bit about the MP, like we get those long-term yeah. payouts or whatever. So a big part of like what we're doing is get out of debt. Like that's that's like what we want to do, like get our house paid off as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, save money so that we can, you know, pour it back into people that need it, you know? Um there's always opportunities, you know, at the church or like just people in your life that like, you know, maybe they need, you know, something at the time. And if God puts it on our heart to give, like, that's what we want to do. We want to be in a situation to where like we can give and, you know, it's like God blessed us to be able to do this, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's why, like we get out of debt and that's why God has given me the job that he's given me to be able to enter, you know, like help out um, other people or whatever. Uh, we've both talked about adopting a kid. I think we want to adopt. Um, I think that without getting like super political, (laughs) if you're anti-abortion, if you're pro-life and you're like not at least open to adopting, like you're, you're not helping the system there. Right. Like, because some people are in situations where they have to give their kids up, dude. It's like, they're in a situation just isn't right. Right. So if they choose to give their kid up instead of getting an abortion, like Okay, like then what do you do as somebody who's pro life and they'd made the right decision in your eyes, they made the right decision for them, like, you know, how do you help, right? Yeah. And uh, you can't necessarily throw money at that situation, right? right. Like you have to actually have to act, right? Um, so, you know, we, we eventually want to adopt. I think we've talked about that for a long time, but um, man, I think God just put us in a place to, um, you know, to eventually, or and even now, but to, to help people and, and, and do that. Um, you know, I could see us doing some mission work later in life. Um, you know, uh, but who knows what the future holds. I know that we want to get debt free. Like that's a big thing for us is to, is to get that house paid for and, um, be flexible to be able to help people. Yeah. That's cool. Have y'all started? When do you start building the house? Uh, well, uh, that when's the plan date as of now <clears throat> that, that could be changing. Let me get some water. Mm-hmm. That could be changing uh, in in the moment. And then what? Um, I kind of want. What? What was like? I just had a great like last question to ask you, and then I forgot. I do this all the time, by the way. On well, I'll, so podcasts, we're getting our house forget. plans drafted right now. So that's right, okay. that's we're in that part of the process. But 
we're kind of starting to realize right now with the COVID stuff, like lumber prices for whatever reason are like skyrocketing. For lumber. Like, wow. Yeah. Like we could be in a situation where we'd spend like 20,000 extra dollars in our house right now. And Dang. both of us are like, well, if we, if, if we have to wait three months, but not spend that $20,000, like huge we live change. in a trailer, but we have a lot of land. So like the kids can at least like right. go play. Right. Like we're, we're not like as confined as it would feel or whatever. Um, but, and, you know, we'll save extra money or whatever during that time. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of – if if our contractor, I think, is going to shoot us straight, you know, um, I trust him pretty well. But um, if he kind of gives us that, if we get the feel from him that, like, maybe now isn't the best time, like, I'm good waiting a few months. So, yeah, but, cool. you know, so we're in the process. So. Uh, all right, last question to close it out. Okay. It's literally a two-part question. Uh, you've done some traveling. I like to ask a little bit about traveling, but what's like, uh, the, your favorite place that you've been to, like mm-hmm. m- maybe most interesting. And then what's one place that you want to go before you die? Um, okay, cool. So I've traveled a little, not as much as like probably the majority of people listening to your podcast, <laughs> I would guess. Uh, we went to Iraq really quickly. Um, that was a cool, it was cool to see like the culture was like, just yeah, so for sure. Yeah. Um, probably not my favorite place I've been there. Um, you know, my favorite, like not necessarily city or state or whatever, but my favorite place that I've been was the Redwood forest. Really? Like, dude, we went in there. It was, uh, outside of San Francisco or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, didn't like San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like some aspects, the city of San Francisco, not great. Um, but the Redwood forest was just like, dude, you walked in and it is like 70 degrees or like 68 degrees nice. dude, the whole time. There's like a slight breeze going. It's like almost spiritual. Like the whole place really? is just like, wow. I mean, it's quiet. Cause you're not really supposed to like make a whole lot of sound. There's a path you walk on, whatever. And you're just like, bro, like how do they make trees this big? <laughs> right. And like, how is this like so still yeah. and everything? And it's just like, it's, uh, it was, it was cool. It was very surreal. Um, I also like doing like we did uh, Napa Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not Napa Valley, Sonoma Valley. We okay. did the, like, poor, man's, the mountain, yeah. poor man's Napa Valley. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but so we did that and that was fun. Like going to the like wine country was, that was cool. Like tasting wines and like, oh wow, there's like different flavors and like, this is kind of neat, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, so that was a lot of fun. Faith was pregnant at the time. Like uh, before right. we planned, we didn't know she so was going to be pregnant. Yeah. And then so you really had to enjoy the trip. Yeah. So like <laughs> I enjoy for both of us. No. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. Um, I wouldn't say like, I, I don't really drink wine on like a steady basis, but that was fun to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't like turn me into like a wine connoisseur, right. but, uh, that was, that was fun to do. Um, that was a good trip. I really liked that one. I like going to the mountains and that kind of thing. Uh, one place I want to go, I want to go. So uh, Adam Pitt, shout out his little trip that he just did. I was like, all right, there's 13 places that I'm going to go from his trip. Uh, I want to go to like nature. Like I want to see like a valley and mm-hmm. mountains and a lake at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to do like, that's the kind of thing that interested me more. Um, what is it? Faith just uh, discovered a new word the other day, like transcendentalism or whatever. It's oh, like, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Uh, um, Henry David Thoreau. Yeah. Yeah. So, but kind of that idea of like, uh, yeah. which you can get a little bit too far deep into that or whatever, but or like, like, they're <laughs> like nature is kind of like, there's like, like a, just a spiritual aspect almost. And Romans talks about that, you know, like mm-hmm. God showed himself in nature. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so, but anyways, um, I would I would want to go see like the pretty sites like the the not even pretty like the mind boggling like 
a painter couldn't have come up with this. Mm -hmm. Like, right. Like a painter that would, that would paint that had to have, it had to come from somewhere else. Like someone else had to create that. Right. Mm -hmm. That wasn't a human. Right. Like I just, I can't imagine that it's just such a big thing to wrap my head around. Um, so that, that would be like where I would want to, I just want to see like the sites, whether it's in America or abroad, whatever. Right. That's what we, uh, my last podcast with Mm. Jonathan, Mr. Jonathan Snyder, Mm. he told me briefly about a trip to Switzerland Yeah, and Switzerland is, is one of those places. Like you see the videos and the pictures and it's like that. It's like that you can't believe what you're looking at. And that's how he explained it also. Well, and then, uh, our back to Jerusalem friend, you know, right. Like, whenever he posts pictures, that's legit. Yeah. So it would be awesome that's, to do that's, that. That's, all that's the time. cool. So cool. Well, I think that's, I mean, we probably went marathon. Was that about 45 minutes? Uh, something like that. Yeah. We definitely kept it under an hour. So <laughs> thank you for giving me an hour here for this. Sweet. And actually it's been like probably six hours of your day, but now yeah. you gotta go cut grass. I had nothing to do today. Well, weed eat, which is worse than cutting grass. That is way worse than cutting grass. I'll listen to a podcast. Actually, so. you're cutting grass is easy. You yeah, no, I got the ZTR, dude. ZTR. I, I got push saying, dude. It's just time away from the kids. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. so. and you get a little fan on there and yep. it's like you're sitting in the AC. Yep. Driving around at 30 miles an hour. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sweet. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Alan. I really enjoyed it for sure. And again, a huge thanks to Alan for giving me over half of your Saturday to get this thing recorded. Uh, Sorry for all the delays, but thank you very much. Thanks for listening. And I hope that you go support my sponsor for this episode. It's, It's Alan. It's Raising Canes Central. The best brand and the best location of that brand. Raising Canes and Central, thank you for sponsoring this episode. And if you're listening to this, please go out and support Raising Canes and specifically Canes. Now now I'm going to forget what number it is. 63 in Central. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And I will see you on the next one. <laughs>